0: Nine rounds of golf for $90?
1: Yep. The Minnesota Golf Passport is back and available now at TomBernardShow.com. As a golf passport cardholder, you're entitled to nine 18-hole rounds of golf for just one low price of $90. Supplies are limited, so just go to TomBernardShow.com and type keyword passport, a $300 golf value for just $90? Now you got it. TomBernardShow.com, keyword passport.
3: This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show. The Tom Bernard Morning Show. Streamed every morning on the Tom Bernard Show app and anytime on demand, wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Leave me alone, sister. You heard me. No. Those are very nice. Listen to you. Uh, Those are very nice promos, don't you think? I love them. Mm -hmm. People are enjoying them quite a bit from what I understand. You know, what the hell. Um... I want to ask the two of you, because we have, of course, Sandy coming up in about 20 minutes. We've got Kristen Burt coming up about 35 minutes. So the two big stories, of course, would be Bud Grant and the Oscars. But should we hold off a little bit until we get to them? Or do you guys want to launch right into it? What do you guys want to do?
4: I like the idea of holding off a little bit. I mean, if there's one, if you want to talk about Bud Grant at all, I understand. But, yeah, especially the Oscars. I feel like Kristen will, will keep us in the know with all that.
1: Yeah, Sandy's coming up in 19 minutes. We can talk about Bud Grant. There's a huge story in the uh, perfect in the local, well, national news, actually. Yeah. So we'll do that. I just, you know. I love that. Because I. there are times we'd start the show and the old, uh, whatever the hell the name of that place was. And then all of a sudden other people would show up and want to talk about it again. And I'm like, well, that's, we probably shouldn't <laughs> talk about it like 45 <laughs> minutes in a row. <laughs> probably not a good idea. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm holding that stuff off, you know. Uh, I love the fact, by the way, you guys send me the complete sheet. Now, I've always liked it. It's a thing that... Uh, actually, you know all those dumbass disc jockeys you listen to that come up with these great one-liners? They all get them all from the complete sheet. That's where they come from. So. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. But if you want to talk about a professional comedian... We have Rudy in studio. Now, where where'd you appear over the weekend?
5: Oh, I was uh, in South Minneapolis. I was at a little place called the Paddy Wagon. You guys heard of that place? Yeah,
1: I have heard of it. Yep. Yeah.
5: So on Friday nights, usually I think it's once a month, they take the their, the left side of their restaurant, and turn it into a comedy club. Uh, I was there Ooh. with I was there with your good friend Brian Miller. Actually, both your good friends, yeah, Brian Miller was there, myself, uh, just a pile of South Minneapolis people. Who, man, for if. For whatever reason, they're like, "All right, 15 bucks and uh, an hour of my life that I can just go and, you know, not think about the world." Absolutely. Yeah. And they pack them in, man. it was great. Yeah, can't wait. so um yeah, uh, for whatever. And it's great because I live like four blocks away. Uh. Half the time I have to drive to, you know, friggin' Dickinson, North Dakota to do a gig <laughs> seven hours away. That's so nice. I, I walked there. I did my set. They paid me. I had two beers. I got an Uber and I went home. It was the best night of my life. That's amazing.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, I think it's just magnificent. So, so uh, And where is this located again?
5: Uh, Paddy Wagon is like 60, I think it's 62nd and Nicollet, kind of right by Nicollet, that Cub yep.
1: Foods. Yeah, kind of down there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know exactly. Just kind of the crosstown and, and Nicollet.
5: Literally, yeah. You can see the yeah. crosstown from there. In fact, right. I, there's a set of townhomes that were kind of pushed up against 35W. And before they did the huge 35W remake where they, you know, they basically rebuilt all the bridges and stuff, yep. I lived in one of those townhomes. Right, Whoa. pushed up against 35. And I was like, I don't know what everybody talks about. Like, it just seems so quiet here. Like, you know, people who talk about living next to that freeway, having right. you know, the, the sound of the traffic. And then I moved, like, out into the burbs and I went, oh, now I know what they're talking about. You can't hear a thing when you're out in the woods. But, man, I yeah, I guess you just sort of get used to the, the sound. It's oh, yeah. just, yeah, the white noise. I heard a plane this morning. I was like, oh, that's right. Those leave at 4.45 a.m. Forgot about that.
1: I know exactly what you're talking about cuz we lived on Penn Avenue which is very busy in North Minneapolis and also well again I lived in 41 different houses throughout my early first like 22 years of my life 41 42 different houses Hey is the rent due we better pack up <laughs> That's pretty much what it was too, but but well, yeah we lived on Penn Avenue very busy we lived on 26th Avenue North which is very busy as well but you do you you literally as a matter of fact, Rudy, this is true, that after a while when we moved off of 26th Avenue, I couldn't sleep because there was no noise at the new house. I, Isn't that weird?
5: 1,000%. When I, my daughter was born, my, daughter, my mom had said, uh, I said, hey, don't run the vacuum because you know, the baby will wake up. My mom said, no, 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 you run that vacuum. You get that baby used to having yeah. noises. That's how you keep them asleep. Yep. If you're too quiet for too long and then you make a noise, that's when you startle them.
1: What are you people up to outside my crib? I know it's
5: true.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's all true, no question. Um, we are going to talk a lot about uh, Bud Grant this morning. Sandy will be coming up in about uh, 15 minutes, somewhere right in there. And, of course, Kristen Burt's going to want to talk a lot about the Oscars. Uh, I don't know if I was involved too much in the Oscars because I I was talking really a little bit off the air about um, The Whale, uh-huh. which we'll talk about also. But I thought it was terrific. Really lucky, seen a couple of great movies in a row, some great TV shows, one of them being uh, George and Tammy. Do you guys watch that show?
6: mm
1: Phenomenal. You know, I'm not exactly a huge country-western fan, but George Jones did one of my favorite country songs of all time, He Stopped Loving Her Today. You know that song? Hmm.
5: I don't think I do. Oh,
1: don't play it in front of your candy-esque woman there, because she'll tear up and start bawling on the air. <laughs>
4: In my defense, I cry often. So it um, doesn't take much.
1: So, Brittany, why did he stop loving her today?
4: I'm so, like, I don't know why. Because she, oh no. Oh, she died. Yep. Oh no.
1: He died. No.
0: Of course.
4: <laughs> of
0: Ca- course. I look over
1: at Catherine. She's like,
0: you know what?
1: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that TV, show, there's so much great TV now. Uh, Your Honor, we watched last night a little George and and Tammy. There's a lot of great streaming going on. It's it's amazing to me how good it's gotten. And, uh, yeah, we'll talk all, all about the Oscars. I don't know much about them. I, I will say up front, uh, and I want to talk about it again kind of throughout the show, because I don't think people understand what a tough job that is. And tip of the cap to Jimmy Kimmel. I thought he was really good, the best he's ever been, as a matter of fact. Did you guys... Uh, Get a glimpse?
4: Yeah, I watched it until I went to bed around like 9.45. Um, but, yeah, I thought he was really good. And he, I think he did the perfect amount of, like, we made fun of Leah last year, touching yep. on that and playing around. I thought he was, a, he was a good host.
1: I did, too. I thought he did a damn good job. I've never been a, a huge Jimmy Kimmel fan because way back in the And, Rudy, you'll probably remember this. But way back in the day, it was a bitch getting him to talk when he was on
5: TV. I mean, he was on TV shows. And he wouldn't talk. Uh, Win Ben Stein's money. You know, he would. Yeah, he yeah, would exactly. Say three words the entire time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's
1: true. I love that show, by the way. Win Ben Stein's money. Yeah. So good. I the show But you're right. He was like, yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Jesus, Jimmy. Let's go, Buster. But um, anything, any other events you should know about? No. I was looking at the weather. We should probably do a little weather here. Don't you think, Rudy?
5: Yeah, we can do that. Sure. Yeah, you got it in front of you, you? want me to take off with it?
1: I got it. Okay. No go for problem. On. Unless you want to do no, it. No, please. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. If I can go, Weatherman Rudy. <laughs> what do you think?
5: Taking over you Ken know. Barlow's job, sure.
1: Yeah. Ken Barlow, another great guy. But thank you, by the way, for bringing up Brian Miller, because I really do like that man. Very, very smart guy, very funny guy, and a hell of a nice guy, too. We should probably roll him in here one of these days, don't you think?
5: Yeah, I told him. I said uh, he's got an album coming out, and I said, hey, next time you got something you need to promote, please by all means. You're all more. Tom loves you. Love to have you on the show. And he said, yeah. He goes, I got an album coming out here in a couple of. I don't know if it's. He's got it coming out in a couple of weeks or a month or something like that.
4: Every time we bring him up, I go, oh, I should text him, and then I look at the time and I'm like, he that he is. No. There's no way he's up.
5: Yeah. No, no, no. But no, I, I did let him know that uh, we'd love to get him on the show. So he said, uh, as soon as uh, he gets all the details of the new album, he'd love to come on and hang out. For a morning, so the problem I have with it though is that he likes Sansevier. What the hell kind of judgment is that? He did bring up the fact that him and Bob are very tight. Vanny <laughs> <laughs> wondered if it'd be a problem. <laughs> I have a question: for How could you not like Sansevier?
4: Oh. I want to murder him when we travel together. He, oh, really? Oh. It's bad. <laughs> but, like, I love him. But, like, he's so annoying. I don't know how many telling me he tells me that he used wool light in the sink to clean all of his clothes. And look how many pockets his cargo shorts have. He's so annoying and Like, just, I love that man. He's great.
1: Rudy, you want him to hear my initial impression of Bob Sansevier when he did his very first remote show? Please. This is such a Sansevier thing to do. You ready? Yeah. Bob Sansevier, his very first broadcast on the queue when he was not in studio. Hey Tom, can you hear
6: me? <laughs> Jesus, Bob. Oh,
1: you don't yeah. have to eat the microphone. Uh. Love Sandy, man. Yeah. A lot of good people involved. I have a question for both of you, actually, because it's a generational thing and it's a woman thing. Okay, and I'm, and I'm not being a smartass here. I'm just telling you the way I grew up and the way the world is now. I really wish people would understand there, there are some changes to be made because things are different and people aren't doing it on purpose. But you're going to have to give us some heads up. There was a big article over the weekend about how, um, well, let me start by saying this. My mother told me when I was a little boy... said, you be polite to people. You call people sir and ma'am, and you be polite. Because it's very, very important to be polite to people instead of, you know, blowing them off or, you know, not acknowledging them or whatever. So I was brought up my entire childhood calling people sir and ma'am. But now women don't want to be called ma'am anymore. But they don't have a thing to call you guys. Like, I mean, Brittany, I just call her, you know, pain in the ass. That's a good nickname for her. Endearing. Endearing, it's mm-hmm. very endearing. So, what do you guys? First of all, Brittany, because you are a woman, uh, they said the problem they have is Miss would indicate that you're you're very young, and then there's nothing in the middle, and then Ma'am sounds like you're very old. Which I never saw it that way. Did you? do you see it that way?
4: Oh, the first time you get Ma'am, you go, "Oh God, I realize. really." Yeah, but it's like I, it, nobody's offended <laughs> though. Like I don't. I mean, maybe they oh, are. Yeah. I, me personally, couldn't. It, it's not like a. Because all of a sudden I realize I'm in my 30s, I'm offended. It's more of like a I'm in this, I'm in this segment of my life now. Um, What
1: could we call you then instead of Miss when you're very young and Ma'am when you get older? What's in? Is there something in the middle?
4: I mean, I guess asshole is taken.
1: Asshole's taken. Um, Yeah, that's
4: yeah. I don't and I don't think like again, it's like getting called Ma'am isn't necessarily a bad thing, but all of a sudden you'll have the and especially like. A job used to have. Like, I used to be a server a long time ago. And when a 20 year old server calls you ma'am, and you're like, I used to be you <laughs> not that long ago. So it's more of like a self realization thing. So I don't, I think you can keep calling people ma'am and, and, and miss or whatever, but it's, it's, it's that realizing, looking down, and seeing your old hands kind of moment.
1: Well, I mean, th- there was a big article. They don't, a lot of women do not want to be called miss or ma'am. But they didn't come up with something they did want to be called. All right.
4: I will I'll create I'll create one.
1: Now I'll give you an example. About two years ago, maybe, I think it was during COVID, uh, my mother told me also to hold the door for people. So I always hold the door for other people. Because my mother told me to. Right? kind of mm-hmm. sticks in your head what it kind of reminds me of my mother still being around, I guess is why I still do it. Right? hmm Yeah. But about two years ago, I remember we were going into matter of fact, we were going into uh the uh, acme comedy building and i walked up and there was a guy coming out so i opened the door and held it for him and i go you know you don't have to hold the door for me i can hold my own door and i said well my mother told me to do it sir and he goes oh you call me sir too i said you yeah, know you're right asshole i mean why would you complain that somebody's holding the door for you and addressing you with a bit of honor why would that piss you off? I don't. Do you get that, Rudy? Why that would piss a guy off?
5: Some people don't like a little bit of shame thrown their way, and they take it like it is shame. And it's not shame, it's just you trying to be a nice person. But they look trying. at it as this person doesn't think I can take care of myself? Oh, How God. dare they? No, that's not the case. I was just trying to be a nice guy. That's all. <laughs> exactly.
1: Calm down. Yeah, I just—I don't understand why—first of all, I'm never going to see you again, so why would I care if you called me sir and held the door for me? I'll never see you again as long as I live.
5: Why would you care? Yeah, and the, 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 in the middle part, you know, you're right. People, uh, Women definitely complain a little bit more than men about the miss and the ma'am thing, but if you were to go yeah. go, hey, lady— then what? Now they're upset well, about like, that,
4: too. It's, it's, you know, it's from a different era, right? Because, like, miss means unmarried and young, and ma'am is from madam, which is a mar- So it's, I would say the thing that's annoying is that you it's been set up to be annoying. Um, you guys just have sir. Like, I can call a 20-year-old, hey, sir, um, and it's not a big deal. Sir just goes throughout the whole thing. So it's not even like... You know, when you break it down, you go, it's kind of unnecessary, but you're right, Tom. We need, what's that replacement? What's that going to be? Or, you know, like the, the word of, hey, I mean, well, kind of title. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yep. But Rudy just gave me a great idea. I'm going to follow Jerry Lewis. Yeah. And whenever I hold the door for a woman, I'm going to go,
7: lady. Oh, God. <laughs> What's lady. wrong with that? See?
1: Lady. Yeah. I got your door, lady, for you. Yeah,
4: like if we were at the gym and you wanted to, like, use a done like a weight I was
5: using, and he said, hey, are you done with that, lady? I'd be like, That would be weird.
1: See? <laughs> yep. Yeah. See, Rudy, what are we going to do?
5: I, I think from here on out, you just go, uh, excuse me, non-binary, genderless human. Thank you. Oh, I like it. That way, you, you, you've you covered all your bases. I think you're yeah, right.
1: And here's the problem I have with all this stuff. You complain, and you can complain all you want, but you have to give me a solution. You have to give me an answer, and it didn't. It didn't say what I should call you. Should I just ignore you? Because I think that's very rude just to ignore someone.
4: Okay, but can you just do no title? Are we fine with that? Like, hey, can I use that weight when you're done? Thank
1: you. Is there a word? No, world? I, just go, I just go get the F out of the way. I'm using the weights. Get the hell out of the way. <laughs> now, I don't, you know, it, greeting someone used to, it's like shaking hands. Yeah. Shaking hands would prove to you I don't have a sword. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. And being nice to people means I'm not your enemy. I'm not here to harm you. Nice to see you, ma'am or sir. It was to make you feel better, not worse. Yeah. So how did it get to be, I feel worse now because you tried to make me feel better? I, I don't understand.
4: No, I think it's just like the part of our brains that have to denote the age change. That's a weird one. I agree. Like. Yeah. And like me, I look twenty, but I'm actually thirty five, so it gets very confusing.
1: <laughs> oh, here we uh-huh. go. So it's like,
4: what do you call her? Teen mom, I guess. Yeah.
1: So Rudy, what are, what do they call it again? Lying to yourself? What's that called? <laughs>
6: Delusional
1: yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's called Brittany. <laughs> <laughs> Brit Brit. Yeah. How about if I just do that? Every woman I run into, I go, You're welcome, Brit.
2: That'd be
4: funny. Oh, yeah. my God, you hilarious. should do that because you're like, all of a sudden, you're going, oh, sorry. and they'll be like, that's not my name. and' be like,
1: okay. <laughs> no, Great. I, I didn't say it was. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't say it was your name. I just said, you're welcome, Brit. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, but what, what, do we feel okay with dropping it? I mean, we could just drop it. Like, well,
1: but how do I address you then instead of going, hey, asshole, you just dropped your purse?
4: Okay, what if you could say this? Hey, you dropped your purse. Like, try it in a nicer voice. The problem is, you're sounding very aggressive. I don't have one. From the I don't get-go. have
1: a nicer voice. Hey! That's the whole problem.
6: Hey, bitch, you dropped your purse.
1: <laughs> exactly. I, just, I always go with the Christopher Walken. Pick up your purse or I'll do some damage you won't walk away from. (laughs)
4: Yeah, maybe we shouldn't be worried about the title, but the weird shit you're saying before or after.
1: (laughs) Exactly. That's a very good point, I Mm -hmm. think. Oh, that's funny. Look, we're all trying to live together. I'm trying to be polite, trying to be helpful, and all the rest of it. You don't want to be polite and helpful. I don't give a rat's ass. That's fine. But I don't want to be, you know, the bad guy because I'm trying to be courteous. Yeah. I don't don't get it. So give me a name. Uh... What's the number again here? Nine five two six hundred four twenty-five seventy six, seventy five. Seventy five. Seventy five. Twenty-five yep. seventy five. Yep. Okay, good. Uh, if you have any comments about that, call in. We do have to take a break here. We'll be right back in a couple of minutes. It's going to like I said, I know it's going to be a big morning. Legendary Bud Grant died over the weekend. The Oscars went on last night, so there's kind of a sadness and I suppose happiness. I haven't watched the, I, I did watch the monologue and was very happy with it, but I didn't watch any of the show, so We'll get back and get all that covered with Bob Sandsphere and Kristen Burt. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell and MyPillow were launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything he could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes MyPillow even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has a patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with the brand-new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. I saw him talking about that on TV, as a matter of fact. The MyPillow 2 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you ever own. That's all I sleep on. Say goodbye to tossing and turning and flipping your pillow over in the middle of the night, which you don't have to do anymore. Do you ever get your pillow all sweaty? I hate that. Uh, more great news on MyPillow 2.0. Buy one, get one free offer. With promo code TOM, MyPillow 2.0, with its temperature-regulating technologies, 100% made in the USA, comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square to receive the MyPillow 2.0 buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code TOM or call 1-800-516-5146 to get your MyPillow 2.0s right now.
7: When you need someone to listen, a lawyer you know and trust. If you've never been in an auto accident, it's hard to know what to expect from the insurance adjuster. Here are some tips. One, if they taught you about whether or not you should hire a lawyer, it's a good sign that you probably should. Two, it's illegal for them to give you any legal advice. They aren't lawyers, and they aren't licensed to practice law. Three, if they tell you that everyone involved in the accident is at fault, they're wrong. This comes from the belief that you're at fault for just being on the road. That's nonsense and not supported by any law. Finally, remember that friendly adjusters are often just gaining information. They want you to do most of the talking so they can file their report. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. I hope you're never injured in a collision. But if you are, don't sign anything until you've talked to us.
0: Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com.
6: Seeking justice for the injured, Bradshaw and Bryant. Tom
1: here. Why should your business work with my friends at North American Banking Company? Here's Minnesota hockey legend, Winnie Brown of OS Hockey.
4: North American Banking Company has really allowed our business to grow over the years because whenever we have a question, we have the convenience of being able to walk in or we know exactly who to call to get things done.
1: To learn more about North American Banking Company, go to nabankco.com. That's nabankco.com or visit any one of their Twin Cities locations. Member FDIC, equal housing
0: What do you mean he went searching for fresher powder? We have full classes today. Instructor down at Vesper Ski School. Toured each other to snowplow, honey. Not a way. She needs more ski instructors to slalom through the day to day. Pizza, fries. Whoa, Braley, no! Pizza, pizza! Indeed can help her hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. We instantly connect you with quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
3: This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast.
1: We are back, ladies and gentlemen, a little news, a little information. Uh, one of the problems we've run into, I was talking to Rudy before the show this morning, and the downloads have gotten so huge for this show, I said, you know, we're going to have to do something because nobody has any listeners other than us. So we're going to have to be generous and kind of, how can we, you know, get people to maybe try other things? And uh, Rudy and Brittany, Brittany was the lead one, said, well, if you want to drive people away, just have Bob Sansevier on. So (laughs) Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury lawyer, seeking justice for the injured. Contact Bradshaw and Bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com, Mr. Bob Sansevier.
8: Happy to help.
1: Happy to help, baby. It's driving away
8: for years on the BS show. Hey, well, what's happening is, now, did you you find out early on Saturday morning about Bud, the death of Bud Grant?
1: It was like, I don't know. Didn't he die like at 4 o'clock in the morning or something?
8: Yeah, I think the the news came out around 10, and then uh, Roycey actually repeated something. A guy named Chad Oswald, who was a good friend of the Grant family, he died uh, 57 years to the day when he was hired.
1: To coach the Vikings oh my god 57 years Yep, isn't that something that's amazing what an that, that's a hell of a story I and the worst part of that story is I remember the day he was hired so what does that tell you
8: <laughs> well I mean it's uh you know it, I, I felt it was a weird kind of feeling because it's you you feel bad I mean it was sad but the guy went to 95 and had a pretty good life yes so you know it's not oh my god he was robbed in the you know uh, in his prime. That wasn't the case. But it's sad when you hear something like that because if you talk about in Mount Rushmore of sports in Minnesota, you start with Bud Grant. Yes. And then go from there. And he was... Uh, I only covered him one year. And what's kind of depressing is there aren't many of us left who actually covered that that 1985 team. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of, or or Bud. I mean, not the '85 team, but just Bud as right. the head coach. And I'm actually glad... I didn't cover him more than the one year because I got a glimpse that he could be a little cantankerous.
1: Oh uh, yes, he could. <laughs> I,
8: stop, I got along great with him after he retired, and even I mean the guy because you heard stoic and then you know he had a great sense of humor, and even when he was uh, he was you know he was uh, taken out of uh, going after us and cutting us off at the knees as a media, he still had a sense of humor. I may have told you the time when the, the NFL had mandated you have to have access uh, after lunch and after practice. Bud did not want to do that, so I contacted the league because I was part of the Pro Football Writers Association. Say, look, they're not the Vikings are not complying. So the next day or two, we got our access. So then I go up to an assistant coach. He goes, "I can't talk to you." So what do you mean you can't talk to? You? Bud said, "We can't talk to you." So I said to Bud after practice, Bud. Why can't we talk to the you know the assistant coaches? And he said, "Well, you can't hold all the cards." And he smiled when he said it. You know, so he just he you know he had a way of always regaining control. And one of the best stories about him was at training camp. Players told me, and I asked Buddy. You know, this is long after he retired. He smiled and said, "Yep, I did that." He put a sign or cordoned off some grass and put a sign: "Do not walk on the grass." Watch from his office window and cut the guys who walk. Where it said do not walk on the grass because it said, I can't have guys that aren't disciplined.
1: Oh, makes so, sense. Yeah. That, that's a very good point, actually.
8: And uh and then there's uh you you probably have heard stories about him and uh the, when they would have pre game meals or uh, you know, he always would have meat at the pregame meals, and then at the end of the at the end of the meal he'd gather it all up, what was left, and take it to his dogs.
1: Yep, they had to eat. He would. No, well, you're absolutely right. My, my favorite memory of Bud Grant, and over the years, God, going all the way back to, to 1986, how many times was Bud Grant on the KQ Morning Show with us? I mean, dozens of times, right?
8: Yeah, he was on a few.
1: He was on quite a few times, but my favorite Bud Grant stories is one of the most singularly focused men I've ever seen. If he was thinking about something, he was thinking about that and only that. Have, did you ever notice that about him?
8: He, yeah, he wasn't scattered by any means.
1: No, not by any means. And proof of that, for Brittany and Rudy, after about his, I don't know, fifth, sixth appearance on the KQ Morning Show, in person, by the way, coming into studio, I asked him a question and he responded, well, Bill. <laughs> <laughs>
6: I'm like, oh, okay.
1: Well, he probably thought <laughs> you were Bill Benisman. Bill Berditzman, thats where Bill Burdisman came from, I think. Hey, how you doing, Bill Berditzman Here with the Q. I I will never be hey, well, Bill. I'm like, oh, okay. But I mean, you focus. can't deny he.
8: What a, I mean, he was an incredible athlete at the University of Minnesota. Oh yeah, a three, oh yeah. You know, three-sport athlete, drafted by the NBA and the NFL, and played in both. Played with the Lakers as a reserve. Uh, he was, you know, obviously up until his death, he was the uh, oldest. Living NBA champion. Uh, because God, if you the, go back to 1950. I mean, there's not going to be many guys left from that. Right. And, uh, you know, and he, he also had a year that he played with the Eagles and then he let them in receptions and, and yardage. And then they didn't want to give him the money that he wanted. So he went to the, the CFL, played for Winnipeg, then became a coach at the age of 29. And, you know, what's amazing about him is if, if someone said to you, just give me the number you feel. Maybe Brittany, you or Rudy? How old was Bud when he coached his last game?
5: Um, what do you think? Well, and I would say probably like sixty-eight. Yeah, I was going to say sixty. Fifty-seven. Wow, really? Because he became he was a
8: coach so young, even with the Vikings, and at the you know, uh, Jerry Burns came in as the head coach after that, and he was the same age. So, I mean, he, he came in as a first-time head coach at the A, basically, basically, Bud left that, which I find astounding. The guy could have coached another ten years or more. It actually almost did because Red McCombs was tempted into hiring him uh, at that point. You know, in ninety-eight, you know, he would have been Jesus. then he would have been in his late sixties They still could have done it.
1: Oh, I don't think there's any question. That's great news, though, Bob. Thank you. You remember when you first saw Bud 40 years ago? I'm like, Jesus.
8: Yeah, and think about 40, that, by almost, the way. Almost. Tom, 45 years is the last time they appeared in the Super Bowl. So anyone in their mid-40s may not have been born when the Vikings last appeared in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, yeah, four losses, but other coaches have found out how tough it is to get there that have come Bob, through here.
1: Tell us about their big wins in the Super Bowl. Yeah.
8: Well, there was actually the win they should have had was against Oakland. Yeah, and uh, Chuck still laments the fact that they didn't give him the ball at the other goal line when he went over. Would have went over the top, but Brett McClanahan fumbled. And you know, good player, but that was just terrible. Because that could have given them some momentum. You never know what might have happened. But when you look back, they played some pretty good teams. I mean, the first yeah. game Kansas City, they got out coached by Hank Stram. But the other ones, the 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 Dolphins, the year after they were undefeated, the Steelers, who were a dynasty, and what a team! Raiders still were a pretty good team, you know. But Chuck, Chuck Foreman always said that that Dolphins team was the best of the three he was involved in.
1: I could see that. Yeah, that makes total sense. Chuck Foreman should have carried the ball uh, into the end zone. It would have changed, in my mind, it would have changed the game. But they ended up getting blown out by Oakland then.
8: Yeah, it wasn't that. I mean, it may have seemed like it, but it wasn't horrible. I think that was at the sixteen-six game. They had. See, it's hard to keep track because they all were. None of them were really blowouts. They just felt like they were blowouts. Yeah, yeah. Because the Vikings lost, and you know the thing that players like Chuck talk about is every Super Bowl of the three that they were in, they changed the you know their game plan, which makes mm-hmm. no sense.
1: So, I would I, agree, bub.
8: So, oh, actually fine. it was it was worse than I thought. It was 32-14. I thought no, I was that was to one. Yeah, you're right. No, no. You're it was a blowout.
1: Wrong. Yeah, yeah uh uh-huh. okay, yeah. Catherine. <laughs> <Settled> <laughs> up. Is that
8: what she gives you?
1: Oh, whenever I'm wrong, she goes, "Oh, you're always right, aren't you?" <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> love in this you too, case, honey.
8: In this case, you certainly are. And uh but again, it's uh it's I haven't heard any what the funeral plans are yet. I'm sure they're out there, or they will be out there. And you know, his uh, his son Mike, a great coach over at Eden Prairie. I mean, you know, his yeah, uh, great his guy too. Family was involved. Yeah, he is terrific. And I mean, but a lot of people certainly uh, got to know him even more so after he coached, and he softened up a bit. You know, and mm-hmm. one of the the, the lasting memories for many people who didn't see him coach, was when he came out on the field, minus 25 wind chill at the Gopher Stadium in, in a polo shirt. Yep. Because, he I mean, he was sending a message. Hey, yeah, it's cold. Get over it.
1: I thought it was terrific. That was such a Bud Grant thing to do.
8: Yeah. It was because he wanted to send a message. Even at 88, he was sending a message to the team.
1: That was Bud, though.
8: Not for an Aaron kick, they might have won that
1: game. So, Bob, I got a question for you. What's the South Metro going to do? There's no more Bud Grant garage sales. What the hell are they going to do? You know, Tom,
8: Amazingly, that's one of the first things I thought. So, what oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, maybe Michael put it on. I can't yeah, imagine maybe. he's got much stuff left. You know, memorabilia.
1: God, I wouldn't think so. He had not, he had a, he had a garage sale about 55 years in a row. For Christ's yeah. sake, it was unbelievable. But he was
8: also, he, he was looking to move and downsize because the house he was in was just getting, it was too big for him. Right, And, you know, and it was tough for him to get around. I mean, I, this goes back almost a decade uh, or maybe more when I saw Bud get out of his, uh, you know, his truck and he was still driving. But I mean, he, he he was just stooped over. I mean, he just, over the last decade, you could see that how age did hit him. You know, and some people, it hits hard or fast, and others, it takes a while. I mean, my mom got to 92, and it was really the last few months where we noticed a big change. Was there yeah. a change in your mom, or was she uh, was she pretty spry right until the end?
1: Um, She was not spry, but uh, my last conversation with her is unbelievable. She held my hand. That's oh, very quick, if you guys don't mind. Of
8: course, uh, of course
1: not. The last time I ever saw my mother alive, she was in hospice. And I had to leave on some business and I was going to be gone for a couple of weeks. And I said, Mom, I'll be back in a couple of weeks. She goes, I'm not going to be alive in two weeks. I said, what? She goes, there's no way I'm still going to be alive. So she took my hand. She's laying there in bed. And I said, Mom, you have to remember one thing. Because my mother was an ardent Roman Catholic. Not a judgmental one for herself. It was very important. And she said, I said, Mom, you have to understand something. Even if you do pass while I'm gone, You've always believed in, in God, and you're very, very close to the Virgin Mary. She loved the Virgin Mary. The fact that there was a, a female deity, she loved that, man. That was one of her favorite. Oh, yeah? You got a deity? Well, we do, too. It's the Queen Mary or the Virgin Mary or whatever, right? So I said, well, look, so, Mom, if you do pass while I'm gone, you'll go right to heaven. You get to meet God. But more than anything, you'll get to meet the Virgin Mary. And there was a pause, and she looks at me and goes, yeah, right. <laughs> like, okay, gee, I wonder where I got it, you know what I mean? <laughs> she's a smartass. She's dying, and she's a smartass to her son. Oh, Christ. Brittany, did you ever meet Toots?
4: No, and I, I uh. love that story, too, because I also think she leans into the fact that, like, well, I know you don't believe in this, you know <laughs> well, what I mean? Like, out of your catch. mouth. Like, you know, so it doesn't mean she didn't, but it definitely is like, all right, now now I know it's end of days when Tom's talking this.
8: <laughs> Tom, I met your mom once. It was at one of Louie's New Year's Eve specials. Oh, yeah. And she had her posse with her, and I knew it was her because she was the one in front.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I used to get calls from Louie Anderson because Louie Anderson and my mother were really good friends. He, They loved one another. Calls me and he goes, stop. Your mother's something else. It's not a very good Louis impression, but it's the best I can do. Your mother's something else, I'll tell you that. I asked her, I got a Northrop Auditorium appearance. You want some tickets? She goes, oh, absolutely. I'd love some tickets. Well, how many do you need? 22. Oh, man. <laughs> you didn't want to leave anybody out. No, oh, no absolutely you, not. That's rolling deep. Uh, hey, Great, Yeah. Annie.
4: yeah.
1: Uh, too bad about Bud Grant. I mean, I, the guy's, you know, he he and I really never formed any kind of, like I said, he didn't know who the hell I was after being on the show about five, five six times. That was Bud Grant. Bud was very singularly focused, no question, but one hell of a coach, and I loved watching his team. So, Sanny, we will talk to you later.
8: Living for that moment.
1: You're a good man. Bob Sansevier, ladies and gentlemen. Bob Sansevier Sports, sponsored by Bradshaw and Bryant, Personal Injury Lawyers. I love having Sandy. You got to have Sandy on the show, don't you? Got to. He's not still on, is he? I didn't want him to hear that.
4: No, 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 no. We can't uh, give him an God. ego. I've tried. <laughs> don't worry.
1: Thank God. We got Kristen Burt coming up, a couple of seconds. Um, yeah. I probably, I probably should read the weather. It might not be a bad idea since I promised Rudy I'd do it about 20 minutes ago. Uh, today, partly sunny with a high near 29. Tonight, partly cloudy with a low around 11, but it's 11 above anyway. Uh, Tuesday mostly sunny, high near 32. Tuesday night breezy, partly cloudy, lower on 27 on Wednesday, partly sunny, high near 42 on Wednesday. Sunny and 42 Wednesday. That's kind of the first sign we're getting there, isn't it?
6: Mm hmm.
1: Don't you think? I mean, it's kind of, oh, we're getting there. But yeah, just let me know when when Kristen is ready to go and we'll. uh, She's ready to rock. She's ready to go. My God, you're very punctual, sister.
9: I know I'm here early. I think uh, Rudy will tell you that I'm here early every single day.
1: Oh my God! You got a new microphone. You sound terrific.
9: No, I have the same microphone. I well, then you're am working on the it floor. <laughs> in well, oh, you're Florida. on the floor. Yes, oh, that's on the floor right. in the only room in the house with carpeting. My family's not very big on carpeting. We live in like tile and hardwood. This whole house <laughs> is tile, so I'm like in a room that's condensed.
1: You didn't have any linoleum like when I was a kid. You even know what linoleum is?
9: I do know what linoleum is. My grandmother had it on her kitchen floor.
1: Oh, yeah. Do you two, you're too young to remember linoleum?
5: Uh, well it, during the college years that was my favorite place to pass out was a, uh, a linoleum floor because <laughs> it was so cool. it was cool yeah. it was always yeah. nice yeah. and cold and yeah. that's what I was looking for a nice cold place to rest my drunk head yeah. Linoleum, Rudy, Rudy. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think
9: every college kid probably
5: knows that oh, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: well God I'm t- honest to God your mic sounds ter- don't you think Rudy Your
5: mic sounds great yeah I had uh, I've tested it out before we got on the air with her and gave her the thumbs up like this is this is the new standard Kristen this is how it needs to yeah. sound every day you are killing so it, girl. I have
9: to stay in Florida is what you're telling me. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
5: yeah. well just bring the carpeting with you.
9: Exactly. Bring it in it my back. house that's all bamboo floors mm-hmm. or tile.
5: <laughs> I have to ask you one
1: question because I do want to get your full take on all the stuff uh, we're going to be talking about. Uh, but uh, what is wrong with your governor?
9: What has Newsom done since I left the state a few days ago?
1: He said they're not going to do business with Walgreens anymore. Because Walgreens will not sell abortion pills where they're illegal. (laughs) Does that make any sense to you at all?
9: All all he's doing is is he's ripping a $54 million state contract with the company. Right. Is it going to make a huge difference? We'll see. We'll see. Because it's like they did backtrack a little and say, oh, we're assessing the situation. So maybe they're a little (laughs) bit nervous about it.
8: Yeah, Um, just a little.
9: But yeah, but, I, but I do think, you know, it's it's one of those things. Um if you're gonna get mad at DeSantis for messing with Disney, you have to get mad at Newsom for messing with no, Walgreens. It's actually the same situation from either side, if you look yeah. at it the right way.
1: And see, that's the great thing that you just pointed out there, Kristen, is it's it's both sides lie to you, they pull the stuff off, they say these things. It's like, wait a minute, you want me to force abortion pills in a state where they're illegal? <laughs> I'd get in trouble for that. I don't know if you'd know that or not, but you would.
9: Everyone's I mean, I don't trying have an to navigate this post Roe v. Wade world, and it's it's going to take a long time to sort out. So,
1: you know, be very clear about. It. I don't I don't have a position on it. It's your life. You do what you have to do with your body and all stuff. i you know, I got no problem with any of that stuff. It's just I thought, well, you can't force companies to do something illegal. That's <laughs> a really bad idea.
9: Well, and that's right? what doctors and hospitals are also dealing with in certain states, too. They're trying yes. to figure out how to, how to navigate this. It's not easy. It's not easy now, at all.
1: Kristen Burt, I, I saw, uh, Catherine and I watched The Whale a couple of nights ago. I think it was Friday night we watched The Whale. I thought it was terrific. A lot of people don't and, like that movie, though.
9: Well, you know, I think the movie isn't, it's good, but I don't think it's like a great Oscar film. What makes that film is Brendan Frazier, and I think Phenomenal. that that is the big deal. That's why he won last night. A lot of people thought it was going to be Austin Butler at the Oscars for Elvis. And when Brendan's name was um, announced, it was really a big deal.
10: So he, he won gave an emotional
9: speech. I mean, the one thing I, I would say about the Oscars, I know not everyone watches them, and it's, it feels so niche to certain people. They mm-hmm. really went back to kind of like an old school kind of program last night. Not a lot of political talk. It was just really good emotional speeches that at least came from the heart. It was a lot of first-time winners, so there weren't a lot of jaded people in the room. So it actually made for a nice, flowing show. Do I think millions and millions of people tuned in? Probably not. I'm probably going to see, I think, um, a ratings dip. But I think overall they hit the right tone this year after the mess with Will Smith last year.
1: So, so he did win, Brenda Fraser did win Best Actor?
9: Did win best actor. Oh, Michelle no won for everything, everywhere, right. all at once for best actress, which also was who was going to win was it Kate Blanchett? Was it going to be Michelle? So that was a big one. And then Jamie Lee Curtis. Yeah. Jamie Lee Curtis was the big kind of upset because I think a lot of people thought Angela Bassett was going to win in that category for best supporting actress, and it was exciting. You know, I think she kind of had that late. Game momentum when it comes to the awards show race, and uh, she won the SAG Awards, and then she won the Oscars. So a lot of big triumphs. Oh, and of course, I cannot forget uh, Kiwi uh, Kwan, who won. Uh, a lot of people remember him from Short Round in uh, Indiana Jones, and of course mm-hmm. um, in The Goonies. And he's made emotional speeches the entire way through. Everybody loves him. Nobody else was going to win but him, and he was adorable last night.
1: I love this line, Ki-Hui Kwan won Best Supporting Actor for Everything Everywhere, which means along with Brendan's win later in the night, two of the stars of the 1992 cinema classic Encino Man are now Oscar winners. Are they being smartasses there?
9: I love that, though. I think it's hilarious because it shows that you can go from Encino Man to an Oscar.
1: (laughs) That's exactly... Very good point, actually. It's a very good point.
9: Yeah, I was like, you can hit the lowest of lows, but Encino Man has become a cult classic, so I I don't want to offend it that way, but I mean, it wasn't... When it came out, it wasn't a wild success, and then you see it now, and people are like, oh, I love Encino Man.
1: (laughs) Now, i got to ask all three of you, uh, unless... If you haven't seen uh, the movie The Whale... um, how in the hell did they get him to look so heavy? That I mean that was amazing work. Yeah. His gut well, was that hanging was down Oscar below was Oscar-winning work.
4: Yeah, they won the Oscar um for oh, costume man. and they talked about it just briefly and they were kind of talking about it in uh, um in some specials too how they really leaned into um the uh, technology aspect in a way that Brendan Fraser could still make facial expressions. Right. So it was really cool. Yeah, I'll I think I don't know you. if a lot of people realize that – because they went for
9: um, makeup and hairstyling. I just want to – because costuming went to Oh, yeah, um, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just so everyone knows. No, thank you. The, um, but what I think is interesting is that a lot of, like, CGI or virtual effects oftentimes uh, go hand-in-hand hand with makeup and hairstyling. And um, if you go back to, like, American Werewolf um, in London days, it was Rick Baker that really kind of married those two um, – techniques together and he's kind of considered a pioneer in the industry because of that.
1: I just, I I think it's wonderful. I've always thought he's a really, really good actor, didn't you, Brendan Fraser? He's a
9: great actor. You know, Hollywood really kind of forgot about him for a while. So I'm excited to see what this next chapter is for Brendan because people adore him. People love working with him. He had a great um, award show season. And this not only gets him more money (laughs) for his next contract, but hopefully it brings other great projects to the table for him. He deserves it.
5: Rudy, have you seen uh, the whale yet? I have not seen it. It is on the list because it does look damn good.
1: Okay, well, I'm just telling you, just knowing you for a couple of months, and you and I have talked a little bit... Uh, there are going to be things about your childhood you're not going to like seeing on top. Uh, yeah,
5: yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh, no.
1: Dad was not nice to me.
5: <laughs> yeah. That's always fun to have it thrown back in your face. You're like, I paid twelve fifty and a bucket of popcorn for this? Thanks, Brendan.
9: PTSD, thanks, mm-hmm. in a therapist
1: session. <laughs> oh, God. It's just, Tom, the, the, I
9: have a question uh, for you, because this was yes, probably ma'am. one of the most awkward parts of the night. Have you ever interviewed Hugh Grant?
1: Long, long time ago, just before he was arrested for drunk driving, actually. It was literally like a month before he got arrested.
9: Was it drunk driving or was it arrested for (laughs) this person he picked up along the road?
1: (laughs) Oh, that's right. Yeah. You know, you're right. It was the hooker one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I don't
9: think he was arrested for drunk driving. I thought it was for...
1: (laughs) You're right.
9: That famous moment that, that turned into a very famous moment on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, actually. So with his apology tour for while he was while he was dating the beautiful Elizabeth Hurley, by the way. <laughs> um, Britt, I don't That's know if right. you saw this interview. Did you see the pre-show of Hugh Grant being interviewed by Ashley Graham? Last yes. Night? Yes, I did. Yeah. Oh, so you know exactly where I'm going with this. Uh, you know, he was a presenter last night. When you go to these things, you have the option to be interviewed or not interviewed, you can just do, like, the the photos and then dart your way right back into the building. Well, he agreed to be interviewed. And he's interviewed by Ashley Graham. And he gave her, like, nothing burger. I mean, it was like talking to a wall. And, I mean, we're talking about, she would say, what are you wearing? And he would just say, just my suit. And so she was trying to probe further. She was like, well, who designed it? My tailor. I mean, it was just going nowhere. And it was awkward. (laughs) And it was rude. And it's also, like... It's Hugh Grant in a nutshell because he's such a curmudgeon. (laughs) But I'm like, why would you do this to yourself? Because it just makes you look bad, not Ashley Graham.
1: (laughs) No, I agree with you. I don't know why he does that. He always does it. And I have no idea why he would do that.
9: I don't don't know. And I really want people to understand, like, as a nominee, you really should do the press line. But as a presenter, you are not required to do any interviews whatsoever. So if you're not in the mood, you don't want to do it. Just get your photo taken and walk on in.
4: It's no big deal. Kristen, this is why I love you because I, you know, I love this kind of stuff. I love, I I assume somebody made him. So hearing that insight, I'm like, I love that. Cause then it's like, no, you, you, wait, you chose to just go out there and go, mm, mm, no. Like I (laughs) thought for sure this, they were like, you have to go get interviewed. And so, it just looks miserable. Oh, it was
6: terrible.
4: And which sucks too. I I wasn't even like, Why did you agree to be a presenter? I don't even understand. And he's actually, it sucks too, because it was like, then he was really funny on stage presenting and likable again. You know, he talked about, this is a sign that, you know, you should use a lot of moisture and I look like a scrotum. Like he was funny presenting, but like, I couldn't get the bad taste out of my mouth out of like, you were such an a-hole on the red carpet.
9: It's true. And he was presenting with Andy McDowell, which was a fun little reunion for four weddings and a funeral for All anyone right. who's seen that. She looked fabulous. He looked good. And you just go, why do you have to ruin those moments? And I mean, that's that is the thing. It's like you do have choices here and you made that choice. And there you are. Mm, there you are. Yeah, I
1: thought but- thought it was a hell of a show.
9: Yeah, it really was. I mean, and I think that, you know, um, not too many slap mentions, which I thought was really good. In Mm
6: -hmm. fact, it was
9: Jimmy Kimmel, who was the only one who mentioned it, did it at the top of the show. There were a couple mentions a little bit throughout. But otherwise, the nominees, the presenters, everyone else kind of kept it, um, kept the message on point. Like, this is about the Oscars. This is about movies. We don't care what happened last year because all it did was ruin... Uh, everything for the winners that followed you know will smith 's slap, so i think everyone was like we 're not going to talk about this anymore we 're done let 's move on
1: It is time to move on and I did really think Jimmy Kimmel did a, a really good job i didn 't see a lot of it, but I saw his opening. Uh monologue and i thought he was terrific
6: yeah
9: it was good there was only i think one political joke out of his mouth if i'm correct it was a george sanders joke it was kind of stupid um and then he moved on and i was like great let's just let's forget about this and at the end i did love what he did there was a sign if you started to watch the credits it said days since uh you know any type of incident at an oscars telecast and he added (laughs) one to it (laughs) or years you know he added (laughs) yeah that's super cute (laughs) And that, honestly, was the best way to sort of, like, sum it up. Like, hey, guys, we're looking forward here. We're not looking back.
1: Well, I was impressed with it. And I'm not usually impressed with things like award ceremonies. They're usually me, me, more me now. And I didn't see it. Well, I didn't watch a lot of it. But what I saw was not self-focused. That was good.
9: Yeah. I, I, th- I love that you're impressed because usually you're like, I don't watch any Oscars. <laughs> I hate it all.
4: <laughs> And well. Kristen, did you love, I love that they had, I mean, my, I know it was, the show went super long, but didn't you love that they had the normal award? I mean, the like lower, like the behind the scene awards back. Cause I just love those when those people make speeches.
9: It's so great when you get to some of the the other categories, like they eliminated about four or five last year and they were just like highlights and clips. This is their big moment. I get that the show is long. They haven't figured out a way to tighten up that show and make it three hours the way they want, but everybody deserves a moment in the spotlight. And I will tell you that um, I've been in the press room backstage at the Oscars some years and a lot of people don't realize there's a winner's walk. You walk off stage and you walk down this hallway with, photographs of winners that have come before you it's a very emotional moment and then you walk into a photo room and then a press room and the press is just as excited to interview jamie lee curtis as they are to the guy that won for visual effects because it's for there's a lot of foreign press too and even if it's like a smaller category what people consider a smaller category if they come and represent their country like india is always going to be excited that anyone in any category won. It's really fun to watch. It's just like the spirit of like, we love this for you. Yeah.
1: Indeed. We will talk to you tomorrow, sister.
9: Yes, one more day in Florida, you guys. It's gonna be eighty-four here today. I'm not gonna rub it in.
1: Well, nice. what do you mean it's gonna be near that in Minneapolis State? Get out of here. Both here
9: both of
6: you.
1: <laughs> liar. All right. Talk <laughs> to you tomorrow, guys. Kristen. Thank you. Um do you, Rudy? Do we do we have access to any of the uh, audio from the complete sheet? Uh, I don't. You know, I'm asking you up front so I don't just go to one of these things. Is that is that something that's easy to access, or is it uh, still kind of a bitch to get? To? Not at all. It used to
5: be. No, it takes two
1: seconds. Mm-hmm. Because apparently, there's I I have not heard some complete sheet comedy in in a while, and I used to love the stuff they did. Is it still pretty good in your opinion, Rudy?
5: Yeah, I, I mean, if, you know for production value, it's all right. Yeah. Okay
1: because they have an original original comedy the Oscars in 10 seconds from oh. Delicious Audio. Yeah, we can you play that
5: the, real quick. Yeah. Love to hear. Let's see.
0: Now, in case you missed it, the entire Academy Awards in less than ten seconds: red carpet, Jimmy Kimmel monologue, movie clips, awards, singers, film highlights, commercials, dead people montage, political statements, more awards, speeches, and that was
3: the 95th Academy Awards in ten seconds. (laughs) (laughs) See,
1: now that is funny. I'm sorry.
5: (laughs) Yeah, uh, Brittany brought up uh, the Hugh Grant scrotum joke from earlier too. Uh, Oh yeah, uh, yeah, that was so funny. Here you go. Yeah, funny.
10: We're actually here to do two things. The first is to raise awareness. ...about the vital importance of using a good moisturizer. <laughs> Andy has been wearing one every day for the last 29 years. I've never used one in my life. Still stunning. Uh, basically a scrotum.
1: <laughs> <laughs> a good point, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's such an attractive scrotum you have there, sir. <laughs> yes, thank you. We, God, we have to take a break here, don't
7: we? We do. We're going to move on and be right back in a couple minutes. More news up next. Hi, I'm Mike Bryant. The latest statistics are out for 2022. And although 48 states, including Minnesota, have texting and driving laws in place, many American drivers still take part in this dangerous practice daily. According to the National Safety Council, cell phone use while driving led to 1.6 million crashes and nearly 309,000 injuries occur each year from accidents caused by texting while driving. Scariest of all, over 3,000 deaths are caused by texting and driving. And these are only the numbers that have been verified. Who knows how many more there actually were? The bottom line is this. In Minnesota, we have the hands-free law in place for a reason. To keep you and those around you safe. The simplest solution is please don't text and drive. It's against the law. By practicing safe driving habits, you can break the cycle of distracted driving.
0: Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury
11: attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com.
0: Seeking
6: justice for the injured. Brad,
11: Sean, Brian. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO
12: at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner.
11: As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with a lot of multi generational family owned businesses.
12: Take Raymond Auto Body of St. Paul, for example. Four generations of the Slomkowski family having successfully run the business.
11: When they were ready to expand, we helped them acquire a new building, allowing them to service more vehicles in their state-of-the-art shop
12: we've also helped them set up the next generation of owners keeping the business and family for years to come tom here if you want a
1: family business like me or any business you should be banking with brad and mike over at north american banking company I know them, trust them, with my banking. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced, professional bankers.
11: Sounds like we really won you over, Tommy.
1: Well, let's not get crazy, Brad, seriously. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member, FDIC, and equal housing lender.
11: Deb's
0: constipation with belly pain, discomfort, and bloating kept giving her grief. She talked to her doctor to get some relief. Deb had irritable bowel syndrome with constipation or IBSC, which was a start. Saying yes to Linzess helped her do her part.
10: Linzess or linaclotide is a prescription medicine that treats IVSC in adults. Linzess works differently than laxatives. It lets you have more frequent and complete bowel movements and helps relieve overall abdominal symptoms, belly pain, discomfort and bloating. These symptoms were studied in combination not individually. Do not give Linzess to children less than 2 years old. It may harm them. Do not take Linzess if you have a bowel blockage. Get immediate help if you develop unusual or severe stomach pain, especially with bloody or black stools. The most common side effect is diarrhea, sometimes severe. If it's severe, stop taking Linzess and call your doctor right away. Other side effects include gas, stomach area pain, and swelling. There could be more to your story with IBSC. Talk to a doctor today. Say yes to Linzess. Learn more at Linzess.com or call 1-800-LINZESS. linzess
12: That's ZipRecruiter.com slash free.
3: This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast.
12: God, I love that song. Matter of fact, I loved every song
1: they've ever done. But, um, I remember the first time I interviewed Brian and we had him on. And the entire interview, what what did he call me? Let's see how long you guys have been on radio. What did he call me the whole interview? And always does every time he's on from, now, uh, from that time forward. Mate? Because
5: um, he's Australian, co- isn't he? Yeah, he's Australian. Uh, yep. Yeah.
1: Yep. But he, you're close in a way. You're close, Brittany. You have, you have a guess?
5: Okay, I'm,
4: I want to go, buddy.
1: Well, let's see if you put the two of you together, you kind of get a, get there, because yeah, the whole time, every time I talk, because I've you know talked to him on the phone a couple times, and how you doing, me son?
5: Me son. son. Hey, how you doing, me son? Everything going well? Yeah. I love that. That must, that, a great, no. that must be like the Australian version of Bud. Hey, what's up, yeah. bud? Yeah, I, that's what you call somebody when you can't remember their name. Hey, bud. <laughs> what's up, pal? <laughs> there
1: you go. Mm-hmm. How you doing, Misun? Uh, I loved him. I absolutely love that band. Always have, always will. Uh, just great music, don't you think?
5: Yeah, I love the interview that Malcolm Young gave. This was in his like late oh, sure. 60s, early 70s. And somebody had asked about you know the new album. He goes... Are you kidding me? We stopped growing musically when we were 19. Have you not listened to AC/DC? Every song sounds exactly the same. It's, it's, all, it's the same record over and over again. You guys haven't figured it out yet.
1: But we love them. Funny That's all guy. I have to say. Yeah. No, very, very good. Ladies and gentlemen, the brand-new Tom Bernard Show app is the easiest way to listen live or to podcast it. Download the Tom Bernard Show app, open it, and press play. That's it. It's that easy. Do the quick sign-up. That uh, Then every day, you open the app, you're registered to win a $1,000. Let me say that line again. Every day, you open the app, you're registered to win a 1000 bucks Through April 20th, just go to your app store and search for the Tom Bernard Morning Show, and thank you. The response has been I wouldn't
5: you say, Rudy, overwhelming? Lots of downloads. A lot of, lot of hot talk on the street, if you will. Hot huh. talk on the street, man. <laughs> well, that's how the queue got to where
1: it was, too, because I, I remember when I first took that job in 86, everybody in the press said, that that show has no chance. That guy's got way too hard an edge, and he's, he's kind of a... Well, they thought I was just being a jerk. I was just being me, which I guess is a jerk, but you know.
4: One in the same. <laughs>
1: it's one in the same. Tom being a pain in the ass. How did it ever happen? Um, 10 everyday things that used to be normal but are now known to be dangerous. I have not looked at this list yet. This could be. Have you guys seen this yet?
4: No, but I'm excited because I hope it's, I feel justified. I get made fun of by. Um, women in my life who've had kids like 20 years ago and then the things Mm -hmm. that I have to prevent death they're like you're being extra so I hope I'm justified.
1: Well you're of course you are and as you pointed out even though you know you might look like you're 33 you're only what 17 now?
4: Just teen mom just trying to survive on these streets (laughs) that Rudy speaks of.
1: (laughs) Yes exactly right. Okay, so here's the deal. Some people may claim the world is more dangerous than it was in the good old days, but it's partially an ignorance is bliss situation because we know about more dangers than we did before. Do you want me to go from 10 to 1? Do you think 10 or or does it make any difference?
4: Do 10 to 1.
1: We'll do 10 to 1. Okay. These are 10 everyday things that used to be normal but are now considered or known to be dangerous. Number 10, there's cigarettes. Oh, really? (laughs) Gee, how did that ever get in there? (laughs) That's so funny because we were watching an older movie the other night and everybody was smoking like a stack. And how the hell did they keep the cigarette smoke? They must have had a, although if they had a fan blowing, you could see the smoke blowing around.
4: Oh, I just can't, I can't imagine going on a plane. Was it wild?
1: It was unbelievable. And what I loved was... Uh, Rudy, I don't think you're old enough to even remember this, but you would get on an airplane, there was a the no smoking section and the smoking section, but there was nothing dividing <laughs> yeah.
5: them. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. I was in Nashville like a month ago and they had uh, there was an ashtray on the table. I said, What is this? What? They said, Yes, yeah, we, it's for the cigarettes. I said, Do you smoke indoors? They said, Yeah. I was like, this is a relic where I come from. This is an antique. You can't find these in Minnesota. Yeah. Oh, God, no. no. Oh, oh, God. Can you, still, in Minnesota?
1: No.
4: can you still smoke um, in in casinos, like in Vegas? Like, Is that still now? Uh, I just remember that was probably the last place I saw it where I was like, oh, yeah, you can.
1: You know, I'm going to still work really, really hard. Whether Sush likes it or not, I'm working them. I haven't started yet, but I honestly think we should get score north Uh, Susha's show and our show and all do a trip with our listeners to Vegas, I think that would be unbelievable.
4: That'd be a blast.
1: I mean, the listeners would have three different shows. They said, no, it's the the morning show, the midday show, the afternoon show. They'd have tons of stuff to do. I'm telling you, I'm going to press hard.
4: This is like the longest I've been not in Vegas in a very long time. I think it's like four years? Three years? Mm. It's been a long
1: time since I've been in Vegas, I'll tell you that. But do you think there's any chance that Joe Soucheret will do it?
4: Yeah, but I'm also an do optimist. You? Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like we could talk him into it. He's gonna be on in April. I've got I'm I'm scheduling him. Oh, so good. it'll be fun.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna pop on his show as well and mm-hmm. go see the guys at Score North. Yeah, that's one thing. Uh when I get off this this hard work and train that I'm on. <laughs> ah! I do want to appear on their shows and have a have a good time doing it. That's all I'm saying. Okay, so uh, uh, cigarettes. While well, people have known for a while that cigarettes can't be good for you, it's only been about 20 years since people were stopped from smoking indoors at restaurants, bars, and venues. But now we found there there are still places you can smoke. That's I didn't even know that.
5: Yeah.
1: That must have surprised you when you walked up and they were smoking in a in a restaurant.
5: Yeah, I, I was blown away by it.
1: Yeah, I imagine. Um, around oh, this just came up on the show. I believe two weeks ago we talked about this. Around 50 years ago, hitchhiking was a common way of getting around. Do you guys even remember hitchhikers?
4: Yeah. So my dad um, lived in Montana. We'd go visit him once a year, and that was the big thing all the time. Is there would be hitchhikers everywhere in Glacier. Yeah.
1: You guys ever have a bad uh, – you have, have you guys ever hitchhiked?
5: Oh, God, no.
1: Yeah, yeah. I didn't oh, yeah. think so. You did, yeah.
5: Rudy? Oh, yeah. Where? Well, uh, from Hibbing to Duluth. You'd walk – but the thing is about, yeah. like, when you, when you hitchhike yeah. in northern Minnesota, you can get about a quarter of the mile down the highway, and eventually someone you know is nope. going to drive by. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: good, well, that's yeah. a good point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I
1: like that. Uh, worst experience hitchhiking? Do you have one?
5: Uh, I think, the, well, the worst experience I ever had was we had walked, a, we, I bet we got about six miles in, and somebody said, there's no way we're going to be able to, to get to Duluth. And as we were walking, there was a guy, it started to rain, and there was a guy who drove past us, and he pulled off to the side of the road, and me and my three friends started running towards the vehicle, and when we got about 50 oh, feet God, away, yep. the guy hit the gas oh, <laughs> and yeah. took off on us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Smart
1: ass. Yep. hmm I'm coming home. Remember, you guys, well, Brittany, you're not old enough to remember Montgomery Ward, are you? Mm -mm, Nope.
5: It used to be, Rudy, do you remember Montgomery Ward? I know the name, yeah, yeah, like a a department store, right? Wasn't it Sears? Well, no, actually
1: Montgomery Ward was in that business before Sears. Oh, okay. Mm. Yeah, both in Chicago, by the way. Montgomery Ward was the guy, it was an actual man, and he invented uh, warehousing, Products. Oh wow! Nobody had ever done it before. He, he had all these warehouses in Chicago, and of course, right on the Chicago River, so he could ship a lot of things out, but yeah, he, he was prescient enough to say, hey, we should keep stuff in stock in case we sell that one, we can bring another one in. That was kind of Montgomery Ward's idea, but I'm, I was washing dishes at Montgomery Ward out in Robbinsdale and I hitchhiked home on West Broadway and I am not denigrating the man in any way, shape, or form, but I was 16 years old and I had never heard or seen anything like this and I didn't insult him or anything, but it was shocking. So this guy pulls over, and he doesn't look at me. He's just still looking straight ahead out of the windshield, right? So I hop in, and he, you know, in the front seat instead of the back seat because he's not a taxi driver. I hop in. Now, remember, I'm 16 years old. We're driving down West Broadway, and he turns to look at me, and he had what looked to be about a pound of purple grapes hanging from his face. What? What is that called with that very purplish growth that people get sometimes? You ever mm. heard of that? Have you ever seen it?
6: No.
4: Oh, at first, okay, I get now why he probably doesn't initially look at people.
1: Right, right.
4: But at first when you were saying that, Tom, I was like, that's serial killer shit right there. It's like <laughs> not wanting to make eye contact with your victim.
6: All right, well, like good point. I was like, oh.
4: but, but yeah, maybe that's probably why, yeah, the idea that. He doesn't want to lead with that.
1: I wonder if anybody knows what that's actually called. It's it's a skin growth of some kind, and it malforms, and and the it literally looks like like you know those very long thin grapes. They're really, yeah, yeah, that are yeah, delicious? yeah. It looked like a bunch of those were hanging from his left cheek. Yeah. I will never forget it, and and I because I had never even heard of anything like that before.
4: Oh God, what was your response as a teenager?
1: I said, "Listen here, grape face." Oh, no, I did not. God, no, I would. No, he was I, actually a very pleasant I'm man. Sure he I, was, but like, he did, was great.
4: You're also a teenager that's reacting to something they saw for the first time, so
3: you know.
1: It was not comfortable. I will be honest with you because I had never even heard of, less seen something like that before in my life. But once again, I think it was a good a lesson for me. It's like, hey, not everybody's the same. So uh, you ever see it again? Now you've been through it, so you don't have to worry about
5: it. Yeah. As I looked it up, hemangioma.
1: Hemangioma, that's what, so do they have a picture of it?
5: They do, yeah, and it's very, it's exactly as you described it. It is purple grapes on the side of a guy's face. Yeah. yeah. What did you say, hemangioma? Hemangioma. Uh, in See? fact, I actually have the pronounce, just because I'm an idiot uh, and I figured I would screw it up, here's how you actually pronounce it.
0: Hemangioma.
5: There you go. Nailed it. Well, you were perfect. Yeah. You nailed it. Hemangioma.
1: Was that just you sped up?
5: <laughs> hemangioma time.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. He goes, yes. That's what it was. So, yeah, around 50 years ago, hitchhiking was a common way of getting around. Number eight, cars only started requiring seatbelts in 1966. And in some states, it took decades for seatbelts to become the law. Also, car seats for babies didn't become a mainstream thing until the 80s. I didn't know that. That's
4: late in the game, (laughs) Mm y'all.
1: Holy, yeah. Because our kids were both born in the 80s. Andy was born in 86, Alex in 89. So, yeah, there there were definitely car seats for babies but I didn't although I the story was told we were in Montana going to visit my I think my godmother and somebody else out there I was 2 years old and apparently walking around the front seat at 2 years old going down a highway and back then there was no stoppage I shifted her into reverse as we were driving <sighs> my dad never forgave me <laughs> I guess it was just, I don't remember it, obviously, because it was only two, but yeah. I guess it was a mess.
4: Oh, that's terrifying. <laughs> it really
1: <laughs> is. Oh. But I, I would never, if you would ask me that flat out, when did baby seats come in, car seats for babies become a thing, I would have said in the late 60s.
4: That's what I would think, too. 80s is wild. Like that, we, <laughs> That's that's too late in the game.
1: I have to agree with you on that. I had no idea it took that long. Now, I do remember when there were no seatbelts in cars because that was before 66. So I was, you know, my late singles or early teens or something like that. But, yeah, I do remember when car seats came along. And, by the way, the car seats at first were, were lap only. They were not shoulder harnessed. Mm-hmm. They were lap only. So they were incredibly uncomfortable. Oh, I bet. Yeah, they were not good at first, but then they took care of it. Number seven, science teachers used liquid mercury to school in school experiments. I remember that actually, and they actually passed it around. I think it was in ninth grade, though it was in high school. They passed around this little glob of mercury from one per, kid's hand to another, and you could roll it around in your hand and then give it to the next guy.
5: Yeah, you know I, how dangerous that was! <laughs> it's funny because I do remember that as well. Then that was oh, like mid nineties. We had yeah, definitely we had mercury in there. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah.
1: No, it's poisonous, is it not? It's yeah, just, I mean, it's very bad.
4: That's the one that does the lung damage and brain damage if it's like even inhaled.
1: Okay, just add your other line. See, so Tom, that's how you got the way you are.
4: See, I mean, well, well you learned a lot in this segment. At first, the reverse, and your dad's <laughs> uh, where he started absolutely hating you.
1: Yes. That, well, that's true. It's a given.
4: Mm-hmm. And then uh, now the mercury, it makes a lot of sense.
1: The mercury roll. I remember rolling it around. I can just literally look down at my hand and still see it rolling around down there. It's like, gee, I thought it was very cool. Didn't you, Rudy?
4: Yeah, but like, what did you learn on a science level that you couldn't have just been told about? Like, ooh! Now,
1: I don't know. I, was, I always watched... What, what, was that, what was that scientist name that was on Dr. Doctor Don or something like that? He, he used to do a science show. The Wiz or... The, I don't remember what the hell it was, but it was a really cool thing. It was the first time. What would you? What, what was it, baking soda and vinegar? When you put them together, they kind of foam up like mad.
5: Yeah, that's how you made the volcano for the science project. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So that's what we did. I remember it. Number six, Teflon and nonstick cookware, which has cancer-causing chemicals. Well, thank you. <laughs> the primary concern is a chemical called perfluoroactanac acid. Uh, which was used to make Teflon until 2013. T- Jesus, hung on for a while, huh? Uh, here's another thing. Talc and baby powder and cosmetic powders that's been linked to cancer. Number four, batteries and fertilizer containing cadmium. Yeah, that was not good either. God, how many people made money by poisoning people to death? For Christ's sake.
4: Millions, Tom, uh, millions.
1: Apparently. Uh, buildings and household appliances that contained asbestos. Jesus, how are we not all dead for Christ's sake? <laughs> uh, that asbestos poisoning, I guess, is just horrible. It's just anguish until you die. Uh... Not good. Number two, chemically made colors with arsenic pigments. Jesus, it's arsenic, it's asbestos, it's cadmium. It's, you keep everything's poison. And
5: yeah, these are all the things we grew up with.
1: <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Ten things that used to be normal, and the number one is lead-based paint and leaded gas. Mm. Just keep puking that gas into the air. That's got to be really good for the kids, don't you think? Yeah. (laughs) When you think of that, that that was not that long ago to to have used all that poison in... Products.
4: Oh, I mean, they're discovering things all the time too. Like the big thing that came out last week was so, a lot of women will use dry shampoo, and it's just this it's kind of a spraying baby powder you put in your oh, hair. Okay. And they talked about um, most of them have it's like using that once is like having like 10 cigarettes because of the chemicals you inhale when you spray that on your
5: head. Jesus. So, that's fun.
1: Unbelievable. You guys, all ever you use, guys,
5: oh, I'm sorry, do uh, you guys ever use the heated blanket? Yeah. yeah! Oh, yeah. Because I didn't know this. I tried. My daughter loves the heated blanket yeah. because she would always curl up on the couch with me under the blanket. And then I tried to buy her one for Christmas. I'm like, let's get her one with like a My Little Pony or something. Aww. Couldn't find it. So finally I went to, I think I went to a Macy's or something at Mall of America. And I said, do you guys have any kids' heated blankets? Lady said, they don't make kids' heated blankets because they cause cancer in children.
6: Oh,
4: my <laughs> God. I had no idea. And only in children, by the way, the blanket knows when you're 18 and above. That's yes. So
5: I actually I did the research when I got back. Turns out that's actually true, because children—if you children who use heated blankets have a, a much higher percentage of developing cancer because oh of the heated God. blankets than they do adults. What who are, is I it? A, just, well, that seems like information that we should have, is it not? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Hmm.
1: But what is it about the heat that's causing the cancer? Chem- is there some chemical in the blanket itself or something?
5: I don't know if it's from the wires that they use, that like oh, the conductive yeah, heat. I'm not sure exactly, but yeah. Hmm, I've never thought.
1: Damn it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never used a heated blanket though, so I I dodged one. By being poor, I dodged a bullet. <laughs> <laughs> so that's good. Yeah,
5: always cold but cancer-free.
1: <laughs> exactly. Freeze your ass off but you're cancer-free. That's mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, seven crimes that are less common during daylight saving time. Do you have any guess what one of them might be? Car theft. Oh, I like that. Okay, Rudy's going with car theft.
4: Um, I'm going into, let's see, we have last night time uh, early on. I'm going to say uh, breaking and entering.
1: Oh, B and E. Yeah. I like it. Okay, here we go. Seven crimes that are less common during daylight saving time. Springing forward means we're in daylight saving time now. So the sun sets an hour later. And one nice side effect, of uh, that is less crime. So that's good. Because it's still light out. They can't sneak around in the dark. A study a few years ago found crime rates dropped 7% during daylight saving time. A home security system company just looked at a, uh, a property crime rates, specifically between 5 p.m. and 7 p.m., And here are a few crimes that tend to be less common when the sun sets later in the day. We'll go from 7 to 1. Now, this one, I don't understand. Why would shoplifting decrease?
4: That's a Maybe, oh, I don't know, because it's not like the lighting's any different in there.
1: No, that's interesting. So shoplifting decreases. This one makes sense, breaking into cars to steal stuff. Yeah. That does make sense. Number five, property damage. Yeah, okay. This is interesting. Number four is thefts from buildings. Um, I wonder why that would be. Because buildings have lights in them. Yeah. Hmm. That's weird. That is weird. Uh, number three, theft of car parts like catalytic converters. Are we ever going to get over this catalytic converter theft thing? Or Is, it, uh, can they, is there somehow they can make it harder for them to do that?
4: You can get like a lock. Well, oh, you can't. They, they, I mean, they advertise it. I don't know. I'd love to hear if a listener would call in and tell us if they even work. Um, but they are twenty five seventy five. Um But, yeah, that, and, and is that is it just me or is that new? Because I feel like that's new to, like, three years ago.
5: Yeah, the, maybe. Yeah, the cage. I know that they were like going around, you know, you could take like a like a metal like it's like a metal pen where you can write on metal with it. Yeah. They would cool. actually go in and they'd put a number and your name on the catalytic converter and then they found out that well, just when they steal it, they just scrub it off anyways and they're like, "No, this is scraped on the ground." So it just uh, no, no like, nameer on it. Yep.
4: It's stealing those new because I never even heard about a catalytic converter until like 3 years ago.
5: Yeah, probably in the last probably five years or so. I mean, it happened at the Hubbard building one day, middle of the day, like 11.45 a.m. in the front part. Yes, in the front lot. All of a sudden, like out of nowhere, you just see this car come screeching in, some dude jumps out, he hops (laughs) under the vehicle, 12 seconds later, he has a catalytic converter in his hand, he jumps in the car and they drive away.
1: Honest to God, was it in the front, the the visitor lot? Yeah,
5: the front part, the visitor lot, yeah.
1: Oh, Mm -hmm. sure, that makes sense. Yeah, because they, they locked that bad boy in the, in the back up. You sure. can't get into that one. So, mm-hmm. Jesus, that's amazing. That's very ballsy, I will tell you that. I well, you know. uh, Stolen cars and robberies and muggings were the other two uh, set of the seven crimes that are less common during daylight saving time. So actually, we have less crime in our lives, and I suppose that's a good thing, Correct. We need to take a break. We'll be right back in a few minutes. Uh, Channel Five Eyewitness news Chris e- uh, Chris Eggert will join us uh, just about three minutes from now. All right mm-hmm. See that snow on your lawn two weeks from now. it'll all be gone. It's time to say goodbye to winter and hello to spring lawn care. If you want the best lawn on the block, and who doesn't, you've got to go with my friends at ProTurf, a Minnesota lawn care company since 1982. Don't be sending that lawn care renewal contract back to the company that did lousy work last year. Why would you want to do that anyway? Go with the company that has service techs with over 20 years of experience, who service the same routes, so they get to know your lawn. Very, very smart idea. Schedule a free in-person lawn care analysis and estimate now at Professionalturf.com. That's Professionalturf.com. Once the snow melts, ProTurf will send an experienced service tech to assess your lawn, customize a slow-release fertilizer and weed control plan that is environmentally safe and guaranteed for superior results. A beautiful, healthy lawn free of crabgrass, dandelions, and broadleaf weeds. Be sure to check out their amazing landscape projects. And ProTurf services, irrigation systems, too. They got it all at ProTurf. ProTurf, exceptional lawn care, landscape, and irrigation service. Check them out at ProfessionalTurf.com.
3: Now that you know you can listen to the new Tom Bernard Morning Show online or better yet, on the new Tom Bernard Show app, let's tell you how to listen whenever you want to hear the show. It's called podcasts. If you downloaded the Tom Bernard Show app, congrats. Just go to the stacked three-line icon, bottom right corner of the screen, and click on the word podcasts. That's it. Choose one and listen whenever and wherever you want. If you're on your computer, go to the website tombernardshow.com, click on podcasts at the top, choose tom bernard morning show every day's show will be there in its entirety labeled the tom bernard morning show so now you know how to podcast the show and listen on your schedule the whole morning show you can also get each day's shows on apple or spotify or wherever you get your podcasts but the best way to get all things tom bernard is at TomBernardShow.com or on the tom bernard show app it's free and in your app store this is the new tom bernard morning show
13: Optima Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com.
3: This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast.
1: We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it is 8.22 now. 22 minutes after 8 o'clock, and the lovely and talented Channel 5 Eyewitness News. Chris Eggert joins us now. What do you think? Lovely and talented? Do you like that?
13: <laughs> uh, no, no, definitely not lovely or talented. <laughs> I'm, uh, are you guys struggling today because of the stupid time thing?
1: Um, no, that's great. Oh, no, apparently Britney is.
4: Yeah, I am. But also, uh, you forgot to mention Oscar-famous Chris Eggert because all his what? face was constantly in the Oscar commercials. My mom and husband were very excited because I was like, oh, that's Chris Eggert, the guy I work with. And you were every commercial break. There's Chris. Bam.
13: Uh, yeah, I heard that we ran that story. I, t- I told you guys a couple weeks ago, we were going to go drive around town with this movie scout, uh, gal who's from the twin cities. And, uh, so that story ran last night so that, yeah, I suppose that commercial was on a, long, a lot last night, huh?
4: Yeah. Big time. Well, well I was you watch
1: sleeping. it. Oh, you were sleeping. No, that's true. You have to get up very, very early. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, yeah, no, you go, Tom. No, I just wanted to run this by you. I just, there's something I want to do that I don't think has ever been done in the, uh, in the broadcasting or digital business. I am literally going to, I want to put together a trip to Vegas with the morning show, uh, the Tom Bernard show, and then I wanted the Sushi show and Score North to all go, bring their audiences, we'll all go together, uh, and you have to come too.
13: I'm in. Let's go. right now. (laughs) There you go.
1: Um, (laughs) The great part of this, and Brittany probably remembers this, Rudy, you would hate this so much, probably as much as I did, but when the show used to be on from 5.30 to 10 every day, and by the way, thank you so much again for having an almost five-hour morning show. That was a real thrill. But uh, in any case, so because the show started at 5.30... And we are always in studio by about, or in the building, I should say, by about 5 o'clock. Well, in Las Vegas, that's 4 o'clock in the morning, which means you have to get up at 3 o'clock in the morning. So luckily, the show doesn't start that early anymore, don't you think? Yeah. You don't want to get up at three in the morning.
4: Well, I mean, I was also an intern for some of mine, and some uh, some tactics we would use is we just wouldn't go to sleep, and yes,
1: yes.
4: that was wild,
5: very fun though.
1: <laughs> so, what do the three of you think? So, Chris likes the idea. Uh, Brittany, Rudy, what do you think of the idea?
5: I'm in. I've never seen anybody's eyes perk up as fast as Chris Eggert's. When <laughs> when you said, let's all take a trip to Vegas, there was, like, there was something behind that, like, I need to get out of town for hey, a couple of days. That became
13: a work <laughs> trip automatically. So, right, let's go, like, now.
5: Yeah. Um,
1: One thing we have to do if we do it, and I, I insist, so don't try to fight it, anyone. Uh, we got to go to Rayo's. You ever been to Rayo's restaurant in, in Vegas? Uh, the reason it's very, very famous in New York, Rao's is up. Uh, well, it's pretty much in Harlem. Uh, R A O is how you spell the name of the restaurant, and you cannot get in. Uh, the Pellegrino family owns it. You know Frank Pellegrino, right? He's in. Well, he's on some TV show or something, isn't he? Hmm. Like a detective show or something. Frank Pellegrino. Uh, you'd know him if you if you saw his picture. But his family's when it started, I don't know how many generations ago. You cannot get in the one in New York. I and mean, unless you're wired completely with the family, you ain't getting in. So to be able to get to, into the one in Vegas is just incredible. But my, and I am sure he's no longer around because this was 25 years ago.
5: Died in 2017. Um, Frank Pellegrino did? Yep.
1: I didn't know that. Damn mm-hmm. it. Yeah. you recognize his picture?
5: I do recognize his picture. Oh, uh, yeah. A couple yeah. of the movies in here, like, um, uh, let's see, Happy End, I do remember. He had a couple of decent, like, you know, uh, law and gangster-themed television productions that came out. But, yeah, 2017, I, f- I thought this guy was still around, but I guess not.
1: I did, too. I had no idea he had died that long ago. My God, but my one of my favorites, and I— he. The, the guy's not around anymore, and I won't use his name, but I love the guy. He was an Italian's Italian from New York, the the greeter at Rayo's in Vegas. He was a greeter, and he was about probably 6'4", probably weighed about 320. Not a fat guy, if you know what I'm saying. I'm standing there talking to him the first time. I got to know him pretty well. and So the first time I was just standing there talking to him, There were people in line and he wanted, he would engage me and I was talking to him because, you know, there are people behind me. And about, I don't know, two, three minutes into our conversation, the guy next in line says, hey, the rest of us are trying to get in. And he looks over and he says to the guy, you know, the problem with that is now you ain't getting in at all, you dumb bastard. Get the F out of here. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell an Italian greeter what to do. It's not a right. good idea. Not a good. Well, you know what? I'm going to work on that. And the, the one problem I might have is Soush, but I got to work. I got to work Joe hard on that one. He'd have a ball. I get, Wouldn't he have
13: fun? I don't know. Does he ever have fun? <laughs> well,
1: there And you I'm know. not
13: saying that to be mean. I love the guy, but I like, I'm. he's always got the same, generally the same look on his face. He's <laughs> very does. intently focused on things, you know?
1: Well, he's a professional. That's all I have to say. Yes,
13: he is. Yes, he is. we'll, we'll get rookie
4: on our side, and then we'll get... We, I know how yes. to break these people down. Like, well, okay. for
13: sure, Kenny yeah. will go. Yeah. Reavers will go. We'll show
4: a direct flight. We'll say we'll get you in and out. Trust me. I know. I, I don't know why I say this, but I think I can work with a curmudgeon. I don't know what... What? <laughs> why I think I can do this, but I think I can do it. I don't know... Get up. We'll see what we can do.
1: <laughs> what do you think, Chris? I think we should get it going. Anybody go. else you want to bring?
13: Nah. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I don't want anyone else coming. I'm good. So basically, you're, you're saying Dan Seaman and Amy Daniels are out. They don't get to go?
13: Uh, th- th- I mean, I'm good with them.
1: Oh, you had to think about it, though.
13: No, 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 no. They're, they're, I, I, love, I love Amy. I don't know Dan no. as well. But, oh, don't you? Um, I'm in. Let's go. Get Let's uh, all go.
1: Did you two in as well?
4: Yeah, why not? I'd I'm, I'm mm-hmm. love Vegas.
1: We would have so much fun, honest to God. The one thing I will miss is every time we went to Vegas for, I don't know, 20 years in a row or whatever the hell it was. I would always have dinner with Louie Anderson, and obviously, I won't be able to do that anymore.
4: Oh, that's sad.
3: Yeah. Louie.
1: I miss Louie. I miss Louie a lot. He was a big, uh, big friend of my wife's, my mother's. I guess I came in about fourth or fifth in the friend lineup, you know. But it was just great having him around. But I, I'll get to work on that, and let me think about that, because i gotta, I got to talk to Dan and Amy about that, because that, that trip is very hard to put together, but the one year, we drew 5,500 people on that trip with the KQ Morning Show. Wow. Wow. I will never forget. 5,500 people showed up at the Morning Show every morning. It was unbelievable to see. That's crazy. So much fun, though. So what's happening in the news? Any any good news this morning?
13: No, oh, I don't know. What's your definition of good?
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'll just sit back and listen then.
13: Uh Uh, 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 Our big local story that we had this morning, and, you know, uh, you're familiar with the phrase NIMBY, right? Yep. Not in my backyard. So they're talking about building a bike path along Summit Avenue in St. Paul, like a four-mile bike path. And a lot of the folks along the street are not really happy about that um, for obvious reasons. Do you feel like that street needs to be changed?
1: Oh, Summit Avenue. Yeah, they, yeah, messing with Summit Avenue is not something a lot of people are interested in at all.
13: Well, that's what I mean. I mean, it's so, I mean, it's picturesque as it is. Um, the city engineers say something has to be done with it. Uh, and part of this idea is to put a bike path through there. Now, what we're hearing from the argument against is they're worried about the trees. Oh, sure. I feel like that is a good starting point to put up opposition, right? Like, mm. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. uh, generally when things like this happen, if there's a environmental angle, people tend to take that one first because it's, it's, sure. it's less, it's less
4: obvious. I don't know. It's yeah, less obvious. Yeah. They're just
13: saying, no, we don't want, we don't want a freaking bike path right in front mm-hmm. of our beautiful houses, right?
4: They, you're right, that is- though. It does need something. I mean, driving there, especially with all the colleges and things around there, it's like this mm-hmm. is wild. It's like the wild, wild west when you're driving over there.
13: Yeah, I'm. it's just gonna... I mean, who knows how that'll get worked out, but that uh, that's in the early stages right now. That, that was one of the, the big stories we had today, but I mean, I definitely get the point of somebody... You live in one of those houses along that street, like that is, you know, that's as baller as you can get as somebody <laughs> living in the Twin Cities, and then the idea that all these uh, people in their their awesome bike clothing are going to be, you know. The, Flying the, by. Spandex. The... Why do they have to wear that?
1: I don't know. Well, Tom, I'm not a fan.
4: You biked a while. Like, uh, biking is kind of your thing. Like,
1: I love biking. Yeah. I absolutely love biking. you wear the biking. suit? No. No, no. You don't want to see me
13: in that suit. That would not be good. <laughs> I kind of want to wear it just to like be the guy who walks into the bar with freaking skin tight like all your junk is just right there on display for everybody got the and and they and they got to wear the cleats in so the cleats are clanging all over yeah. I, I, I do not get it
4: I remember too is that like I was doing uh when I lived in Minneapolis we would do bike stuff and we were going to do go for a long bike ride and then go to a Twins game and I was not like super in I don't know how to say, like, my booty wasn't ready to do that. So I bought, like, the shorts with a little bit of padding on it. Sure. And then I could not get over the fact that I felt like I had, like, everybody could see this giant pad on my butt. Like, I could, the casualness was gone in my life. Like, I just kept being like, everybody thinks I'm wearing a diaper right now.
6: <laughs> it was
4: not Which comfortable. You as they As I was, so.
1: You absolutely should w- have worn it.
13: I don't want to, I'm not trying to disparage bikers. I know they're great people. I, I, the the outfit thing, I don't get, I do get it. If you're, I feel like if you're going to the tour de France and you're like really trying to shave time off your, you know, uh, then I get it. But I'm like, where who's biking just casually where (laughs) you've got to shave a couple seconds off your ride from, you know, uh, Lake Bidet Macoska to, to downtown Minneapolis. Like I I don't, I don't get it. It's
4: probably like a slippery slope, right? Like you start with, you're like, Oh, I'll get spandex shorts. And next thing you know, a year later, you're in the full suit.
13: Right. Right. Rudy, you're not saying anything. Do you wear this? No, I I find it to be
5: disgusting and gross, and I I look at bikers as people that can't run. That's what I I like. You guys are cheaters. You want to get, you want to get more miles with less output. That's exactly what you want. So, um, yeah, the guy on Portland Avenue who's like got the full getup with all the sponsors on it. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize you were making money <laughs> yeah, on bike, yeah, bike ride right. today. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Left fat four-mile trek that you're taking that's (laughs) going to end up at a brewery
13: anyway, right? I don't get it. mm
1: -hmm. I don't get it. I've got to be honest with you, though. One thing that biking did for me, well, not only biking, there were other things involved. I am one of those people that loves Minneapolis and loves St. Paul, but for two completely different reasons. We are so lucky to have those two cities right next door to one. do, Do people realize how lucky we are to have both those cities right there on the river?
4: I hope so. It's beautiful. Yeah,
1: I it's fantastic. They're completely different, and I love yep. both of them. It's fantastic. No question. Um, Chris, what time do you have to be off by? Because I didn't write that down. That's my mistake.
13: I'm good. Uh, i got about 10 minutes or so. I, oh, uh, you so, do? I,
1: I, I don't yeah, want to make yeah. sure.
13: Um, so this was a story that jumped out at me today in the Wall Street Journal. It's not local, but I like did a jaw drop on this. The Wall Street Journal is doing a story about how... Um, not only restaurants, but theaters, bowling alleys are all doing like surge pricing. So depending on when you go bowling, it can cost you more. And there was a guy from California who they interviewed as the primary focus of the story. He went to go bowling with his family. It cost like $400. What? (laughs) Yeah. Have you guys not been bowling
4: lately? How big was his family? Wait, I want to clarify that first because he has like seven kids and I go, okay.
13: Only 95 people. So, I mean, it really wasn't. (laughs) There you go. No, the guy was trying to get like three lanes or two lanes. And they, um, the company, they basically charged him $418. Ugh.
5: It is. That's insane. Yeah, it is. Listen, I took uh, my daughter, my daughter's friend, my daughter's mom, and myself, the four of us. We bowled two games. We got one pizza, a pitcher of beer. The kids got uh, a couple of sodas. It came to $136 for bowling. What?
4: Jesus. I mean, that's like two hours of with four people.
5: I, I don't know, I, I I don't know. A month ago I was in Hibbing. I paid 250 a game and the shoes were <laughs> 75 cents. Yeah, yeah, but you know.
4: <laughs> but that's Hibbing. Like I mean, if you're entertaining four people for 2 hours and everybody eats, I would imagine it being in the 150
5: mark.
13: Am I crazy? 2 hours of entertainment I, uh, I guess it. I guess it depends if you guys were doing any boozing.
5: <laughs> well, listen. If Pink is out there putting on a concert while I bowl, that's one hundred and thirty-seven dollars <laughs> worth of bowling. But if it's just us staring up, the, you know, just getting yeah. gutter balls the entire time, that nah, hundred. That's a feels like a lot of money. Yeah,
13: I get you. I, yeah, I. Th- I thought it was crazy. But the the point of the Wall Street Journal article was is that depending on the time. It wouldn't cost you that much, and that—that's a new thing that they're that they're seeing a lot of right now. You know, you know the surge pricing thing from if you try to take an Uber or something like that. But it's definitely a trend they're seeing more of. Another uh, Wall Street—I always start my day with the Wall Street Journal, you guys. I'm that kind of journalist. Oh, you're (laughs) so cool! Hi, bro. Um, Another one that jumped out at me uh, is uh, Vast Madness.
5: Oh yeah, we we chatted about this on the show before. Vast madness, yeah. yeah. What is vast? How people are getting, what's
13: that? Brady? No, 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 I'm listening. I'm sorry. Oh, no. how people are getting vasectomies during, uh... um, during March Madness, so they can sit there and ice their, you know, boys mm-hmm. while um, there's basketball going on. I, it's a, it's like a it's a thing that's taken off apparently. So much so the Wall Street Journal is revisiting it.
1: Do you um, do you ever run into somebody who didn't pay attention to the rules when they got a vasectomy?
13: Yes. I have a friend who jumped off a loading dock at work. And- oh, no, no. no, 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 no. Bad yeah, idea. Yeah, like, it makes me hurt when he tells that story. I'm just like, oh, my God. Uh, it's, yeah.
4: Okay, well, what no. is There's the... No re- pain. I- what? I was going to ask, what is the recovery time, Tom?
1: Well, it's not a recovery time issue. It's do not run around when you just had your sack cut open. That's the part of it that's important because a friend, you all know her too. She was a news anchor for many, many years, but her husband had a vasectomy and decided to go golfing. Oh. She called me and said by the time he got home and had to tear his pants off, his scrotum was about the size of a volleyball. <gasps> That's got to be comfy. That feeling of like having
4: its own pulse, I bet. Oh.
13: (laughs) Yeah. Not good. Never. uh,
1: I've had a vasectomy. And by the way, have you you guys ever had a vasectomy? The two of you.
13: Yes. Yep.
1: Okay, you both had it. Mm -hmm. Isn't that just a wonderful smell? Jesus, that stinks. Burning flesh coming up from your own.
13: Cauterizing. Yes. Yes. Exactly.
1: like, eh, no thanks, a, I'm good.
13: That's a unique smell, there's no doubt about that.
1: <laughs> there's no question about it. I think mine caught on fire, if I remember correctly, but <laughs> I was like, Jesus. You have just
13: set it on fire in the first place, you wouldn't have had to pay to get that surgery. Well, that's
1: a good point, that's th- a very, very good point. I think point. it was no just
4: question. holy water they used on you, Tom, that's why.
1: That's what it was? No question <laughs> about it. Holy water, because I'm a nice Catholic boy, is that what you're saying?
13: Mm-hmm. Yep, that's it. <laughs> Okay. Oh, God, I don't know how we're going to find something else to talk about after talking about Tom Sack being burned shut, but um, I guess... What, did you watch the Oscars? (laughs) Hey, how about the... Everything, everywhere, all at once. Mm. It won all the stuff, right? Yep. You guys see that? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Uh, I I did not see the movie, but I will tell you what, I'm really, really happy that uh, Brendan Fraser won for the whale because I thought he did an amazing job in
13: that movie. Well, I didn't realize why. I looked up. I got up this morning. I was looking at Twitter, and it was like Encino Man was trending. And I'm like, I knew Brendan Fraser had won <laughs> Best Actor, and I was like, what the hell is Encino Man trending for? Like, it's such a terrible movie. Um, uh, well, the guy from the Indiana Jones movie, who also won for the Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, uh-huh. they were both they were both in the movie Encino Man together. So, uh, the internet being the internet, I guess people were having a fun time with that last night. But that what a what a not good movie that
1: was. Yeah. I don't even remember Encino, man. I don't think I ever saw it. Not was, good. Fred huh?
13: Fraser was a caveman mm-hmm. oh, from God. Encino. He yeah. woke up. Caveman living in the 90s. Oh, what kind of hilarity will happen now? So that was kind of.
5: Yeah. Uh, Paulie Shore and Sean Astin were in that movie. That's what? right. Yep. Really? Yeah, that's why Jimmy Kimmel made the joke last night about, uh, you know, those two being an Encino man. And then he said, somebody better not tell Paulie. It was some joke like, somebody don't tell Paulie Shore, you know, because <laughs> these guys are going on to win Oscars. Meanwhile, you're right. still going to the Chuckle Hut <laughs> in Poughkeepsie for, you know, five shows. Is so. he...
13: Is- He's still doing the circuit, Rudy.
5: Oh, absolutely. Yeah, he was just in town not that long ago. I think like about seven months ago. Yeah, nice guy. I've never worked with him. I know people that definitely know him. A couple of friends of mine are past at the comedy store. They hang out with him probably two, three times a week. You know, uh, his mom, obviously, the famous Mitzi Shore from the Mm -hmm. comedy store. They say nice things about him. I've never, you know, had a conversation with him, but seems like a good guy.
1: That's cool. Yeah, we've had him on the show before, the KQ Morning Show, and, and he he's a very, very pleasant guy. He's not funny in the least, but he's a very nice guy. <laughs> well he's not. I mean he's not funny.
13: Well, well he had that the shtick was kind of weird. And I mean I guess it worked at the time, but I uh for him, obviously he had very he had a lot of well, I don't know, a pretty good run of movies there for a while, right? But I, I don't like I don't know where the shtick goes and I'm I'm no comedian, but I think you gotta kinda Keep advancing or going somewhere, and I, I um, you know, getting better and coming up with new material, right?
6: Mm-hmm.
5: Yeah, the story so. kind of goes the people at the comedy store, especially the older guys that watched him as a kid grow up, were a little miffed that he was this character and got famous. Yep. 'Cause those yeah. guys have been pounding it out for years trying to, you know, develop their craft and get their big break. Meanwhile, this guy's going, What's up, Grindage Buddy? Woo! <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's getting million dollar movies.
6: Yeah.
13: Yeah, I forgot about thanks for taking us back, Rudy. I, oh, I yeah. totally forgot that was uh, <laughs> I, I just remember him with the hair and like headbands, and he was the same dude in every single movie. And I'm like, Oh, it's look, it's Pauly Shore. He's so He's funny. Um, Tommy, did you know Bud Grant at all?
1: Yeah. uh, Well, I I shouldn't say I knew him. I met him many, many, many times, talked to him many, many, many times. And I told the story earlier this morning. The last time I had him on the KQ Morning Show was, you know, several years ago now. But after having him on for about 7,000 times, he goes, well, let me tell you, Bill. I'm like, oh. Okay. Apparently, the personal contact with me uh, didn't wasn't all that impressive because he didn't even know my name after about fifteen years.
13: (laughs) I mean, yeah, put in your time, Tom. People might start to recognize you and know who you are on the radio, right?
1: Once I get to that seventy-five year mark, I think it'll really open up for me. (laughs)
8: That's what
13: I'm thinking. Anyway, I um, I just uh, uh, to me the like coolest thing the guy ever did was when he walked out in his short-sleeved T-shirt or walked out with the with the polo shirt on at the, I think it was the, the Seattle game, right? It was when when Blair Walsh missed the kick. Yeah, I think it was that game, right? Yeah. And like, yeah. what a badass. Just walks out. <laughs> Such a Minnesota thing to do, right? But uh, you know he had a coat somewhere.
1: Yeah, think. no question about it. Well, you would right? hope so. But we were talking earlier that, that Mike, his son, is a great. Is he still coaching out at Eden Prairie? Mm. His son? G-
13: good question. I'll look it up.
1: Who I was, should know I that. Know.
13: I have a kid who plays football in the West Metro. <laughs> It'd be nice if you knew that. <laughs> we didn't play. We didn't play Eden Prairie this year. So I. I um, oh, okay. Yeah, they broke up the Lake Conference in a bunch of weird ways. So we're playing a bunch of random teams that aren't, you know, what used to be kind of the typical um, rivalries. What you find out, Rudy.
5: Uh, it says that Mike Grant stepped away from being the athletic director at Eden Prairie High School in 2020, but will continue on as the football head coach. This story I have in front of me still has him there. Great there guy, you go.
1: really, really good guy. All right, Chris. Well, what else you got? you got? You want you want one more story before you go, or do you have to go?
13: Do you go? Are you going to tell a story? Or you want me to tell a story? <laughs>
1: Well, there's a story about an 81-year-old guy who got snuck in a snowbank snow for a week, and you know how he survived? He was stuck in a snowbank for a week, they're claiming. How did he survive?
13: Wow. Uh, booze?
1: Oh, I, that's a pretty good guess, actually. <laughs> an elderly man survived on croissant, candy, and biscotti for nearly a week. Oh, nice Italian boy, probably.
4: <laughs> oh, it's like he did a Costco run right before he yeah. got stuck. I don't, what? I don't get that. Because they have like big things biscotti that you can buy. It's super good.
13: Yeah, but who the hell walks around with a thing of biscotti?
4: (laughs) Survivors, Chris.
13: (laughs)
1: Jerry Jurette, 81, set out from his uh, mountain house in Big Pine, California, on February 24th to return to his family home in Gardnerville, Nevada, just over three hours away in good driving conditions. According to his grandson Christian Jurette, Thought he would uh, he could beat the impending snowstorm, but he was wrong. During the drive, Jourette accidentally veered onto a smaller road. His SUV came stuck near Gilbert Pass, and he told CNN, "Temperatures in the area dropped from the mid 30s into the teens overnight." The mathematician and former NASA employee was ill-prepared for the weather, wearing only a light windbreaker. Well, he's Bud Grant, part two. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's a he's pretty small. Christian uh, added, "He doesn't have a whole lot of meat on his bones." Uh, he just apparently had biscotti, uh, candy, and croissants in his car. So that's how he survived for a, So they said he was snuck in a, stuck in a snowbank. They didn't mention he was in a car the whole time. Yeah, though.
13: yeah, yeah. That makes all the difference. That makes, <laughs> yeah. that makes sense now because I was like, guy just walks around with a backpack full of biscotti all the time just engaged, <laughs> Like,
1: Very good point.
13: Man, I better rip this open and get a biscotti real quick. It's true. Ladies and gentlemen, Channel 5,
1: Eyewitness News, Chris Eggert. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Pally.
13: Bye guys. Have a good day.
1: Thanks a lot, Chris Eggert, ladies and gentlemen. Is he gone? He's gone, yes. I love that guy. And he's just a great guy.
13: Yeah, he's great.
1: One well, thing i, I got to do something, because I'm in my fourth week of being on this show, and I've been in a good mood for a month. That sucks. It's I only, should be crabby more often.
4: It's only been four weeks?
1: <laughs> no, it's actually only been three weeks and one day. But oh, you know. my
5: God. Yeah. I'm not kidding you guys. When you mention going to Vegas, I've never seen Chris. He lit up like a pinball machine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, we would have so much fun mm-hmm. on that trip. Uh, you know, I suppose it all depends on how long it takes. But, I, you know, it's only March. We get something together by November, can't we? Uh,
4: we've, none of us are the ones that do the work, so I have no idea.
1: You mean, like, on that either?
4: Yeah, on all fronts.
1: So you don't do any work at all, so let's just forget about it.
4: Yeah, I've just beaten you to the punch.
1: I think it would be so much fun. What? I was going to give you a high compliment, sure. but now I'm not.
5: Yeah. What theater did you guys do out there?
1: We went to the um, the Golden Nugget. Oh, Well, gotcha. first, we started out at the, what became, you know, where all the Hollywood guys bought it? Planet Hollywood. Oh, the Aladdin. Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. It yeah. became, became Planet Hollywood, right? So when it was the Aladdin, we went there. But then when they, the Planet Hollywood took over, I don't know they if they didn't want us there or we didn't want to go there. I don't really understand why we wouldn't because it was owned by a bunch of big movie stars. Uh, and, the, of course, the Chucker stood in line and interviewed every one of them, which I thought was hilarious at the one in what, the Planet Hollywood. Is there a Planet Hollywood still at the Mall of America, or is that gone already?
4: That's gone.
1: Is it? Yeah. I don't think they did very well, I'm thinking. But the Chucker interview and all the people coming in. And what's your name, sir? <laughs> Chuck Knobloch. Chuck (laughs) Nubla, I love that so much. In any case, we should probably move to break, don't you think? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I will tell you, honest out, and I'm not pulling your tit on this one, and maybe it was the last 10 years that changed my life or whatever, this show flies by for Christ's sake. I look up and we're already two hours in. Mm -hmm. It's just so enjoyable. Is that what it is? (laughs) I guess. Exactly. Being around you two, and then guests come on, and I mean, I how am I gonna get by someday when I'm <laughs> retired or something? You think I'll ever retire? I probably never retire. Well, I
4: I don't I don't feel like you're the type that knows how to retire.
1: That wouldn't be good. I'm gonna go for a walk along the creek. Well, I can do that and work in the morning show. So who gives a rat's ass? <laughs> there you go. All right, we, we shall take a break here. We'll be right back, ladies and gentlemen. A lot more coming up, the Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here. You might not know this about me and about my family, but we're kind of Nissan strong. I say that because I own a Nissan Altima from Walzer Nissan. I love it. My son Andy owns a Nissan Rogue Sport from Walzer Nissan. And my daughter in law Melissa, yep, you guessed it, drives the Nissan Kicks. And Cart's grandson Ethan safely around town, also purchased at Walzer Nissan. You want to know who else is Nissan strong in the Twin Cities? Walzer Nissan and their trifecta of stores. Down south, GM Dan Resch at Walzer Nissan in Burnsville. West of the Metro, just off Highway 12 and Wyzetta Boulevard, is Casey Novotny's Walzer Nissan Wyzetta. And in Kunra, Rapids north side of Highway 10 and Round Lake Boulevard. Jay Buck runs the show at this Nissan store. This month at all three Nissan dealerships score 0% financing on Rogues, Ultimas, and Pathfinders with up to $1,500 available loyalty cash on select models. Nissan strong and loyal like me and my family. Even if you're just Nissan curious, go to Walzer.com and select the Walzer Nissan store nearest you. I'm due for an oil change. Maybe I'll see you there. 0% financing for 36 months, $27 per month per 1,000 finance. On approved credit.
14: At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary, obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor.
11: So, what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us?
14: No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each
11: client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients?
14: No. Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades.
11: So what's in it for
14: you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us.
8: Boost
10: Mobile. Unleash your power. And the ding. Limited time offer. New customers only. Available on select networks. 5G not available everywhere. One device per line. Tax excluded. Additional restrictions apply. See your local Boost Mobile store for details.
3: Adopt U.S. Kids presents What to Expect When You're Expecting A Teenager. Learning the Lingo.
12: GOAT. G-O-A-T. Acronym. Stands for Greatest of All Time. As in Spaghetti Sandwiches for Dinner? They're my fave. Dad, you're the GOAT.
13: You
3: don't have to speak teen to be a perfect parent. Thousands of teens in foster care will love you just the same. Visit AdoptUSKids.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Adopt US Kids, and the Ad Council. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast.
1: Yes, indeed. She's absolutely right. Uh, pretty much every car has Bluetooth in it now, does it not?
4: Yeah. I think. Yeah.
1: I mean, I, I have a car that's, God, well, how old is that car? car? It's 10 years old and it has Bluetooth. So I got to believe everything from the last 10, 12, 15 years has Bluetooth in it, doesn't it?
5: Yes. I got a 2008 Honda Element that has it. So See. feels like it's been around for a little bit of a time. Yeah.
1: So all you got to do is take your phone out, hit the app, it'll connect to Bluetooth, and you can listen on, to the car radio just like you would any other antiquated device. Ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> little shot there. I have to ask you guys a question, because we've been talking a lot about, uh, obviously, the uh, Oscars last night and this, that, and the other thing. Um, Been watching a couple of different things on on streaming. Uh, We finally finished George and Tammy last night, which was brilliantly done. Really, Jessica Chastain was in it. and uh, I mean, a bunch of really good people. Did you guys watch any of that?
4: No, I didn't see that.
5: Haven't yet.
1: Yeah, it's, it's really, really good. It's basically about an alcoholic who marries a drug addict. Mm. They're deeply in love. They're, they both become huge stars, and it destroys their life. It's, it's pretty amazing to watch the whole thing. All that success didn't matter because the booze and the drugs got in the way. Fantastic show, though. If you get a chance, I would definitely watch it if I were you. Um, anything that you have been watching on streaming that we should know about?
4: Well, I just finished. We're really behind at our household because of this little terror who uh, also, fun fact, (laughs) as much as I love go-go, two nights in a row of waking up with just mystery tummy ache. And it's about an hour. And uh, if anyone has any like tips or solutions, I'd love to hear them because I don't know what to do. And I feel so bad because you just, you cry and hold her. But anyways, I digress. I we've been, We just finished Ted Lasso season two because season oh, okay. three is starting, and we're pretty excited about that. Um, it's okay. I think season two isn't as good, but season three, they're claiming, is, is going to be kind of season one vibe. So,
1: So much better.
4: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we finished full swing, which all of a sudden I'm watching golf now, so that's a thing. I guess I do.
1: yeah you've been talking about that full swing for a few weeks now so it's really good huh
4: yeah i'm like obsessed, and then i'm like no the golfers like my mom my whole family's obsessed with golf golf and pickleball Oh, okay and all of a sudden i'm correcting them they're like oh yeah scheffler hit this i go actually he didn't get a hole in one this other and they're like what i was like i don't i don't know what's wrong with me i'm so sorry
1: (laughs) do you play golf do you go out and play
4: no no, it's just because of this stupid documentary. Like, I was their demographic. They got me. It was like, you're not interested in golf? How about the human side of it? And I'm like, yep, I'm in.
1: You know, actually, you have a huge benefit. You know what your huge benefit is? Hmm. You're a tall woman. There you go. Tall women have a great... I mean, that, that extra length adds a lot of length to your drives and shots and stuff like that. You, you should play golf. You'd be, you're built perfectly to play golf.
4: Is Catherine... Does she play golf?
1: yeah she's really actually if she gave a rat's ass, she'd be really good okay, but I mean, she just doesn't care. she goes and plays, and sometimes she's brilliant and other times she sucks because she doesn't care
4: yeah i I definitely that's one of the things I want to get into. My husband was very sweet to me during the pandemic, and he mm-hmm. would hit hit he picked up tennis for me, so I wanted maybe possibly kind of do him the return and learn his sport. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, settle down! You loved watching the TV. Well, no, Rudy, do you play golf? Right, quite a bit, actually.
5: Yeah, I'm going this afternoon. So you're going to play? Oh, you're going to go to the, the dome? I'll uh, go to the indoor range. Yeah, plus I got a golf yeah. lesson at uh, 1 p.m. So, mm. mm-hmm. so where do you play
1: most of your golf when you do play? Unless you don't want to mention, you it?
5: you won't tell us. Uh, golf Zone, quite a bit. Been oh. going to Golf Zone a lot. Yep. Uh, I, I, in fact, I, that's where I ran into Brittany's husband, Justin. Uh, there's another place in uh, kind of the U of M area that I go to, and then yeah, Braemar if I can get in. But man, the line is so damn oh, long all the time. <laughs> Jeez, it is. Yeah. So
1: where will you? If where will you play uh, in the summertime? You have a favorite couple of courses?
5: You know, if I'm by myself, I will go to I'll go to Highland in Bloomington. Because it's a part three. It's super quick. It's not too far from the house. I know the course well. And usually if I'm by myself in the afternoon, there's nobody around. So I'll play two balls simultaneously. Mm -hmm. Tough to do it on a bigger course with a lot of people. So, yeah, usually Highland is where I'll play. But we bop around, man. Like, they got those. In fact, Score North has their golf pass that you can buy for the season. I think it's like $99 or something. Uh, Even if you go to, I think it's got 15 different courses on it. Even if you go to three or four of the courses on there, it pays for itself. And some of the courses are, I think Pokegama up in Grand Rapids is on that list as well. And my cabin's right down the road, so we buy a pass every year. We golf that. We golf in Deer River at Blueberry. Uh, Cass Lake's got a great course, so when we're up north, that's where we usually Hmm. go. But uh, every now and again, I'll do Theo Worth, and uh, I, I have a tough time going because there are some fantastic golfers on that, <laughs> that course, oh, yeah. and I oh, yeah. suck terribly. So, yeah.
1: Yeah, a lot of hills, a lot of deep, steep hills on Worth. Yeah, yeah. Um, no doubt about Because I used to live right next door. I used to live right on, in uh, Hidden Lakes, that area. lived oh. there for, God, many, many years. But um, the one thing that's great about that is you're out in a golf course, and I, I'm sure you've experienced this, and this is not a negative statement. It's just part of life, because Cedarworth is, you know, right down the road. Um, it's the only place I've ever played golf where you're lined up to take a shot, and speaking of shots, you hear a gunshot go off <laughs> in the background. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> People shooting guns while you're playing. Mm-hmm. That's a few miles down the road in the neighborhood. But other than that, everything is good. But So you enjoy, even though, because I'm not very good either. Uh, even though we're not very good, we enjoy it just to get outside. You hang out with your friends or your girlfriend or your wife or your boyfriend or whatever the hell is going on in your life. Uh, I have not played in six years, so this ought to be really, really pretty when I get back on that golf course. When you, Jesus.
4: When you get back into town... We're taking you to Golf Zone, me and Rudy. Well, because my my husband loves it there, and it's one of those right. things where you can suck and still have fun because they, you know, you're right next to the person, and they have all these like fun electronic games you play. Yeah, and yep. it it's a blast, and it's not like we're waiting on anybody. Like my I can hit, and my husband's not like waiting on me in the next you know hole. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, we, in April we'll take you there because you never know what the weather's going to be like. Yeah, so. where
1: where's Golf Zone?
4: It's right on the cusp of like Shakopee. Chaska and Eden Prairie. It's like that little weird little corner. I think it's technically Chaska or Chanhassen.
5: Yeah, if you drive all the way to Chanhast, and that's the way I go, is I take 212 and then go south on, I think like it's Grant Street or something like that. It's, oh, yeah. it's just yeah. west of
4: Lion's Tap. That's yeah. the best way. Like, And again, Ugh. I, for the longest time, thought my husband was absolutely had a mistress, and then I found out at this point <laughs> it would be cheaper for him to have a mistress for how much time he spends at Gulf Zone. Uh, he's never met Margot. We can't wait for them to meet. Um, he loves that place. Yeah. Loves it.
1: I would love to go. That would be so much fun to get out there, yeah. the three of us go out and play. Is there one other person you'd want to even invite or just keep it at the threesome?
4: No, well, well, Catherine will come.
1: No, uh, Catherine. Uh, one of my favorite stories about golf of all time. This is about psh, 10 years ago, something like that. Playing golf with my buddies, Kendall Norberg and Kevin Osgard and Rocco Mediate. Playing with uh, Rocco. He used to play with Rocco oh, quite a bit. Of fact.
5: What a lovely human being he is. Rocco? Oh, you know know Rocco? I've I've met him before. I met him right after he did the – when he had his uh, uh, playoff with Tiger Woods. Remember that? Oh, in the the U.S. Open. Yes. Oh, I met him right after that. I've got goosebumps. He is such a nice guy.
1: Yeah, Rocco is a really good guy. He can play a little golf, too. I don't know if you noticed that part. (laughs) Pretty good. (laughs) Pretty damn good. But uh, uh, one of my favorite stories about – this is, again, about 10 years ago. We go out to play, and I got a hold of one, you know, for – best I could do in any case. So I I hit it probably about, I think the farthest I can hit it now is about 260, something like that. And that's only if I catch it well. Used to be able to hit it over 300, but I'm in a different age group now if you know what I'm saying. So I catch my best drive, hit it right down the center at Golden Valley Country Club, okay? And I go, man, God, that feels so good to do something like that. And Rocco gets up and hits his about 310, something like that. So he's 50 yards past me. And I said, Did you have to do that to me? I hit the best drive I could possibly hit at this juncture, and you had to hit one 50 yards past me. He said, I got some really bad news for you. So what's that? And he goes, Rory McElroy would be about 70 yards past me.
6: <laughs>
1: yeah. It's <laughs> like, Well, thank you. All
4: That's right, great. Cool. I just know I suck more than I thought. <laughs> Good to
1: know. <laughs> hit, hit the best drive I possibly can and I'm not even close to being in the game. Such as like, so did you ever get a chance to play with Rocco?
5: No, I I just kinda met him in passing and we I don't know, we chatted for about three minutes or so, but yeah, really, really nice guy.
1: Hmm. Do you know what he's doing now, right? Did you hear what, he got a job? Did you hear that?
5: Well, when they had his playoff, they said he only made $13 million last year to make ends meet. He had to pick up some golf lessons and give yes. golf lessons. I was like, oh, to make ends meet. So uh, I, I imagine he must be doing some sort of commentating or something, right?
1: He's on Sirius XM now doing a golf show. Nice. So that's pretty damn cool. I'm very, very – I've not seen Rocco because I haven't played golf in six years. I probably haven't seen him in six years. He spent a lot of time with him uh, coming over to the house, hanging out with the boys and playing golf. and Yeah, he's uh, – a. Well, maybe that's what we'll do. We'll do Brittany, Rudy, Tommy, and Rocco.
4: Rocco mediate. Okay, and then <laughs> he'll my husband's going to act like he's not a part of it, but you know he's going to be right
6: next. He's,
4: <laughs> the idea of me saying, hey, Annie, I'm going to Golf Zone, he would be have that car going. So especially if you guys were all going, yeah, he's going to have to come along.
1: Why don't we do this? I'll I'll pass along his number to whoever uh, books the guest and all that stuff because, you know, I do it, but I don't know when the guests would be a good time because you guys have all that information. But uh, I can get a hold of Rocco and either have him call you or you can call Rocco because I haven't had him on a show now in a while. So having him on this show would be pretty terrific.
4: Yeah, definitely.
1: I think anyway. Mm -hmm. And you could never tell he's Italian from the way he acts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh
5: yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <you> know <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd be asking him tips because I finally booked a golf lesson because after I started golfing when I was 14, I am 42. And the other day I watched a video called golf for beginners. Yep. And yep. I was like, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time we talk with somebody about getting this swing under control.
1: Uh, do you think it's just a situation where you just get to my problem is I get too excited. I get all anxious from being excited about it. And then that does not work.
5: Yeah, yeah I, I don't. I don't. It's a weird thing where, like, I feel like my swing is exactly the same every single time, and sometimes uh, I hit it as straight as an arrow for two hundred and fifty yards, and sometimes I shank it into the tee box <laughs> right next to me, and I'm like, nothing changed. Yeah, that, and nothing. I didn't do anything different. Why does one ball go straight and the other one goes way off to the right?
1: I because our timing sucks. Yeah, that's probably the only answer to that whole thing.
5: You guys have no idea, like.
4: I have to put extra botox in because of these conversations. Mm-hmm. I have these convers- he my husband videotapes his swing like that's where he's at he's so obsessed he like he's ob- no i mean he's just obsessed he's obsessed. Why is it this way? Why is it that way why I'm just like <laughs> I don't know because you're hitting a tiny little ball on a giant course with a metal stick honey like what do you want? <laughs> what do you want from me like the these conversations are constant
1: mm-hmm. okay we do have to give out the number again because i'd love to hear comments 952-600-2575 correct
4: yes nailed it
1: call in because of the one complaint i have about golf now as compared to six years ago when i last played a lot um what is with everybody playing music at full volume on their cart oh, what is that now
4: is that a thing
1: i hate it I mean, Jesus, you want to play a little music, keep her down low so only you can hear it. That's fine. You want to listen to music. But you have all these different carts going in different directions, and they're all playing different music. And it's like, Jesus, what are you doing?
4: Is that allowed on the course?
1: I didn't think so, but apparently it is. I, I don't really understand. Courtesy is not a big thing in uh, 2023. Have you ever noticed that?
4: Well, it blows my mind um, that in a golf course that they could do that, but...
1: um I know. I don't understand it, uh, and actually, I have a couple of friends who do it, and I always ask them when I play with them, "Please don't turn that on." I, you know, first of all, back when I was on a music station, I spent five hours a day listening to music, <laughs> I know. and it's the exact same music you're playing right now. I, I
4: know, I know. I like, oh. And Tom, did you ever have this? Because since I did overnights, you know, you'd have to queue up the next song, and so there's a part of you that if there's any silence after that song, you have, like, a mini, like, spaz. Like, what a, uh, uh, like, (laughs) I, oh, is the next, oh, okay, yep, no, I'm not pushing the buttons. Um,
1: Yeah. So, I don't know, we'll we'll put that on the back burner, though, because uh, the great news is, is that we're just one month away, probably, it's the 13th of March, we're probably about one month away from, or maybe even a little less, depending, of course, of the golf courses opening in the state of Minnesota. How? Generally open around the 10th, don't they? The 10th of April, right around there? Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, how young is too young for me to ask Justin to bring GoGo with him? Can you have like a one-year-old just... In a golf cart is that okay or
1: mm, probably not okay i wouldn't think because if there's a stray ball that hits a baby it will kill the no, baby
4: like we'll do like a dome or like a pope mobile-esque mm. thing like around her
1: <laughs> oh okay well that's different <laughs> you get the pope mobile you're 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 in then all right i'm on it you're good to go but yeah let's think about that uh that's another thing we get involved in is uh there used to be the, the KQ morning show golf tournament which I don't know. We only did it a couple of years, but we. These are all things we have to think of. I, getting together with listeners is a big, big thing for me. I love doing it. Uh, people always go, guys, sorry to bother you." It's like, wait a minute. I have a live. I make a living because of you. You're not bothering me. How could you possibly bother me? I mean, I don't have to get a real job because of you.
4: I know, right? right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I is that something, Rudy? Do you get do people come up to you ever and say, "I know you from things."
5: Yeah, it happened at Golf Zone. Your husband. <laughs> that's
4: true. <laughs> I think you actually owed him money. That's why he knew who you were. Um No, yeah, that's like t- Tom. I think no, that's been happening to you with the billboards and.
1: Yeah, it's been it changed a lot. Yeah.
4: Um, I always have this feeling that this is my idea. Is I like because I've been with you before, and you start talking and heads turn around, and like I can see people recognizing your voice.
1: Yeah, that and does ha- happen.
4: Was that common then? Like. When your kids were young, like, would people approach you a bunch?
1: Um, you want to know some real stories? Because Catherine brings them up once in a while.
4: Yeah, I'd love it.
1: That morning show got so big. Yeah. Again, it was the highest-rated morning show in America. It
4: was huge. It was everything. Every, it was. Yes.
1: It was, and then they sold it, and guess what happened? I know. But
4: anyway, I know.
1: <laughs> moving forward uh, with that whole idea. Now, it's... Um, now I got distracted by my own anger. Anyway, moving forward. What the hell was I talking about? You were about? talking about were story.
4: Doing? I asked you, did people approach you when you had the kiddos at a young age, uh, like recognizing you? And you said you were going to tell me some story Catherine had mentioned.
1: We had to deal, to learn how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And again, I was grateful that people would come over and say hello because you were the reason the show was so damn successful. Yeah. Right? But literally, we would go to let's say the Dairy Queen up in Rogers because we lived out in uh, Dayton at that time. Yeah, we go to Dairy Queen, and people would just come over and sit at our table. Yeah, which was kind of weird. Not I mean, great. yeah, not something that I would do. But I, again, I mean, I'm talking to people who I make a living because of these very people. I'm not going to go get the hell out of here. What's wrong? You know, but, and you know, when this show gets just a little bigger, you guys going to have to deal with this too, like on on Halloween. We used to have have to have two cop cars at our house because there would be no Halloween pranks because people, we're coming to your house and we're going to pull pranks. It's like, no, no, no. There'll be none of that. As a matter of fact, one year, the cops were at my house and I gave away pies from, uh, what was the name of that pie joint? I don't think it's around anymore.
4: Is it Baker Square?
1: Baker Square. Are they still around? Not mm. the
4: one that near us they went under.
1: The one, on, the one on 98th Street in, in Bloomington?
5: That is not around for sure. I know that, yeah.
1: Oh, it's not? Okay. So, yeah, we went to Baker Square, got a ton of pies, and handed out pies for Halloween, That's which a-, a lot of people didn't get the joke. But, you know, such is life. It, 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 being that popular, because it's not a fame thing, famous for Hollywood, uh, being that popular, was it was it was this great It did three things. And you guys will understand that being in the business, it did three things. You go, you're so grateful that that many people listen to your show and that take the time to come over and say hello. It's quite an honor. There's no question about that. Uh, The other thing is you end up at night once in a while sitting in a chair with your legs wrapped around each other, sighing and wondering, how the hell are we ever going to keep this up? That's the one problem with being that successful is, how are we gonna keep it up? How are we gonna? How is this gonna continue? But it did for 27 years, so thank God. Yeah. Dave Hamilton was a huge part of that. There's no question about it. So we shall see. Um, yeah, it's I don't know. This show is doing tremendously well, from what I understand. I haven't checked the stats recently, but I was talking to. Rudy off the air and he said they're
5: I mean everybody I talked to said the numbers are just getting better every day from what I understand, correct? Yeah. Well, big numbers. They got people that are popping in all the time. So, you know, and there's people that stick around from the beginning of the show to the end of it. Isn't that you know, wonderful? Yeah. Three hours in your ear? That's fantastic.
1: That is some support is all I have to say. Uh, quick story because we've got to go to break in a couple of minutes here. Three years ago, Nicholas Kraft was given the worst news of his life. The doctor told me if I don't do something about my weight issue, I was going to end up dying between three to five years. Uh, he said, so I made a change. This change turned his life around. In 2019, Kraft weighed. Holy Christ! <laughs>
4: what? I could
1: have done middays.
4: Oh, no! What was it?
1: 650. Damn. That's a big fella right there, 650 pounds, holy. And the reason I'm so shocked by that is there's a picture of him, and he doesn't wear anywhere near 650 anymore. I mean, this guy did a hell of a job losing that weight. He weighed 650, he had change in diet, helped him lose weight. After the first month of dieting, he dropped 40 pounds, 40 pounds in one month. Wouldn't it be great if you could do that? You, like, put on an extra 20 pounds, and you can just lose it in about two weeks.
4: Oh, my God. How, how it's, great would that be? Yeah, like, that's, yeah, that's wild.
1: Oh, this is an amazing story. If the first month of dieting he did drop that 40 pounds, that's when he realized it was working. But without the support of those around him, he wouldn't be where he is today. I had a support system. You know, my cousin Damien, my mom, and the rest of my family, my brothers, and my
5: sisters, Kraft said. What did you notice about that, Rudy? About, uh, about the fact that that guy was 650 pounds? No, about <laughs> no. The, the last line I just read. I'll no. read it
1: again and what will stand out to you. You the, ready? Yeah, go ahead. I had a support system, you know, my cousin Damien, my mom, and the rest of my family, my brothers and sisters.
5: His support, support system is brothers and sisters. There's no dad, Rudy. There's oh, no. No dad, don't dad in the mix. <laughs> I never thought about that. Oh, man. There it is
1: again, baby.
4: I looked like a cheerleader. I was trying to spell it out yeah. for him. I was like, Give me a D. A. Give me an A. Yeah. I was like,
5: you're, you, come on. Yeah, I never. Yeah, you're right. I never thought about that. Man. Huh.
1: My whole family. Well, not my dad, but yeah. you know. At one point, Kraft was contemplating killing himself. Oh, Wait to get in the radio. Thank you very much. Hey. Great to be
7: uh,
1: I thought about the suicidal thing, Kraft said. I had su- suicidal thoughts before, too. I just basically talked to my grandmother. She's the one who really pushed me to think of uh, of at the beginning, too. Well, and again, I suppose that's the reason you get up to 650 is because you're so damn depressed. You can't live through life without just chowing down on everything in sight. And that would cause a, that a great weight gain like that. Depression, right? hmm Something like that. For those struggling to lose weight, Kraft said, do not give up. And That's great, great advice. If you put your mind to anything, you can do it and believe you can achieve your goal. You just set your mind to. Now Kraft is working toward getting skin removal surgery. His loose skin causes him pain, which is why he is now on disability. He says his insurance will not pay for it. However, he is hoping for a miracle. Uh, so he cannot get the surgery because he can't afford it, and you and insurance won't pay for it. Damn, where does he live? I live in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Let's go do a show in Hattiesburg and raise some money for him. What do you say?
4: There you go. That's wild that the insurance doesn't cover that. It seems like, it seems like that would, like, not be. He couldn't live his normal activities. With yeah, a I mean, bunch of skin. You
1: would, yeah, you would think, but. He look. Hey, they're, 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 they show him sitting on a park bench, and uh, unfortunately, he's kind of staring into the sun, so he's got his eyes closed. But Jesus, he doesn't. He looks to be well, Rudy. You saw the picture, didn't you?
5: Yeah, you I did. Over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would you figure him at? About two hundred now? Yeah, he probably seems about maybe about two twenty five somewhere in there. Yeah, but maybe. He, yeah. I mean, looks. When you said it was six fifty, I was like, that seems like it's so much higher. Like. Anything over 500 seems like that's couch-ridden, right? I mean... Yeah. Gilbert Grape's mom wasn't even 650. Like, Gilbert Grape, my I goodness. love that movie. Yeah. Uh, but no, I mean, it looks like it's he's all right. I had a friend of mine that went through that whole surgery thing, lost a ton of weight. Oh, really? Yeah, lost like 375 pounds and then had to go in and get the surgery. And he showed us like his underarm yeah. you know, after it was all done and it was healed mm-hmm. up. And... You guys remember, you know, when they, like, the the, the stitch dolls, mm-hmm. where they just, like, take sure. different parts yep. and they stitch it all together? That is what his entire body looked like. Oh. Sure. And I, I said, well, I said you know, it's got to be, you know, make you feel uncomfortable or insecure. And he goes, if you would have seen what I looked like six months ago, trust me, having a bunch of scars <laughs> and I'm thin is way better than what I looked like half a year ago. And how long ago was that? Oh, I, I bet he had the surgery probably five, six years ago. I was going to
4: say, I wonder if technology has gotten better now, because now they can do, like, such little uh, incision marks with things. But
1: Right. Mm-hmm. We have to take a break, because we have Scornor's Phil Mackey coming up next on the Tom Bernard Show. Well, just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell and MyPillow are launching MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes MyPillow even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with the brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. Say goodbye to tossing and turning and flipping your pillow over in the middle of the night. And more great news on the MyPillow 2.0. Buy one, get one free offer with promo code TOM. MyPillow 2.0, with its temperature-regulating technology, is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast square to receive the MyPillow 2.0 buy one, get one free offer. Just when you thought MyPillow couldn't get any better, MyPillow 2.0 gives you the best pillow ever. Enter promo code TOM or call 800-516-5146 to get your MyPillow 2.0s now.
11: Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm
12: Mike Bilsky, CEO at North American Banking Company, Bradley's partner.
11: As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with a lot of multi-generational, family-owned businesses.
12: Take Raymond Auto Body of St. Paul, for example. Four generations of the Slomkowski family having successfully run the business.
11: When they were ready to expand, we helped them acquire a new building, allowing them to service more vehicles in their state-of-the-art shop.
12: We've also helped them set up the next generation of owners, keeping the business and family for years to come.
1: Tom here. If you want a family business like me, or any business, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company.
12: ZipRecruiter.com slash
3: free. This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show Podcast.
1: We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Bradshaw Bryant, personal injury lawyer, seeking justice for the injured. Contact Bradshaw Bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Brad Sean Bryant bringing you Scornor's Phil Mackey. Phil, what's the latest? Uh, Hattiesburg, Mississippi, you
2: guys were talking about in your yes, last sir. segment there. Yep. The home of Brett Favre. Brett yeah, Favre. Right. Hmm. has made Hattiesburg, Mississippi famous. And now he's uh, now he's bogged down in legal problems, trying to gonna say. smuggle money away from
1: charities. You know? Yeah, I was going to say, is it easy to steal money in Hattiesburg? Is that why you moved yeah. there? When you're Brett Favre, apparently it is. Life comes at you fast. When, uh, <laughs> I will you're trying never to steal understand. from the kids, you know? So you made about what 400 million in your career? So you got to take money from other people. What is that? Correct. Yes, that's uh, that's <laughs> correct. I don't. I don't. Brett's
2: never been. By the way, we're seeing the same thing play out to the like the Brett Favre waffling back and forth like 15 years ago. I'm mm-hmm. going to retire. No, no, I might go back and play for the Packers. No, I want to go play for the Jets. Uh, and and Aaron Rodgers kind of made fun of that for like 10 or 15 years, and now. Life comes at you fast, Aaron Rodgers. We're gonna find out here maybe this morning if he's gonna—is he gonna retire? Is he gonna oh. play for the Jets? We're not totally sure. Uh, and then he—and and then he, hes hes holding the entire league hostage, just like Brett Favre used to as well. So I wonder if this will just be a tradition that their new quarterback in 15 years will do the same thing. <laughs>
6: so, by the way, thing. I'm
2: sure you guys talked about uh, Bud Grant throughout the the show at some point, but man, I mean, what a, what a gut punch for Vikings fans. These last, you know, what, five days, I mean, Adam, Adam Thielen on a much lesser scale, him, him, you know, parting ways with the franchise, one of the all-time great players. We talked about that on Friday and then, you know, what, less than 24 hours later, the, I I would say not only the figurehead of Vikings football and Tom, I was born uh, after just a year after Bud Grant's coaching career came to an end. So I didn't, I didn't get to live through his coaching career, but, is it fair to say that when you're thinking of people that represent Minnesota, just when you look at someone, a picture of someone, someone famous or whatever, that Bud Grant as a representative of just Minnesota is probably on your Mount Rushmore? If you could pick four people to represent the history of Minnesota, would Bud Grant be on that list?
1: No question about it. And so would Tom Kelly, and so would Sid Hartman. Yeah. I don't know who yeah. the fourth one would be. Who would I, who would I go with for the fourth one? Phil? What do you think? Or anybody on Boy. the show?
2: I mean, we'd almost have to go. We, we just picked three sports figures. We'd probably have to go not like some sort of. Yeah. I don't know if it's like a political figure or. You mean or Nick somebody.
5: Punto ain't up on that list? Nick,
2: Nick Punto probably has to be on the list. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> with a dirty, with a dirty jersey for no reason at all whatsoever, just sliding headfirst into first base, guy. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, I broke my thumb again.
1: I'm on the injured list. Stop diving into first base, guy. How about this one? You ready for this? Now, this is the suck-up setup. You ready? Wow. My my, Mount Rushmore would be Bud Grant. It would be Tom Kelly. It would be Sid Hartman. And, of course, my lovely wife, Catherine. (laughs) Now, that's called sucking up, isn't it? Scoring points. Scoring points.
2: I woke up yesterday, and I don't know, I'm kind of a... You've probably figured this out in the some of the conversations we've had i mean how when 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 you were uh when you were donning the Mickey Mouse years we had you know Don Shelby was hosting we started talking about westerns from the fifties, so I, I'm kind of an old soul and and when you know a moment like this weekend when when a bud grant a legend like him passes away and my first thought I wake up I think I guess it was yesterday morning I woke up after sort of digesting it for a day and I just want to learn more I want to know more i want I went to YouTube and i I just typed in uh full Vikings games from the seventies. And I spent like two hours watching the nineteen seventy six divisional round playoff game against uh the Washington Redskins, where it was it was yeah, you know, it's actually a pretty warm, balmy day for uh, middle of December at the time. It was like thirty degrees at the old Met. Whoa. And it was it was stoic Bud Grant's. It was, you know, Fran Tart- all those guys, by the way, in, the, in 1976 were kind of headed toward the end of their careers, you know, in the next mm-hmm. few years. But it just, you know, the, the Metrodome and U.S. Bank Stadium, it just kind of feels like, and the Vikings have had some big seasons, right? 1998 and 2009, like they've been to the NFC Championship game, but it just feels like post-Met Stadium and post-Bud Grant, Things have gotten kind of soft the last thirty-five or forty years, you know. Like back in the seventies, all right, it's December, it's January, the Vikings are you know twelve and two, and they're going to invite some poor Rams team from Los Angeles to come play at the <laughs> Met when it with no heaters on the sideline. <laughs> you yep. It's, it's yep. Fifteen below zero wind chill, and then like nineteen ninety eight comes around, and uh, all right, we're going to welcome the Falcons up from you know below the Mason Dixon line, and they're going to come into a climate controlled. Teflon dome where it's 73 degrees and comfortable and they can run around. There's no mud, nothing. Um, so I don't know. I, I love the new stadium, but there was just something about, the seventies and Bud Grant and playing football outside in December and January and and, and what that stood for among Minnesotans. And we're, you know, we're not going to obviously not going to based on the check that we wrote as a public for that stadium. I don't think they're going to rip the roof off of it. So
1: Mm, probably, and I will tell you one thing that, that uh, my first Viking games I ever went to Steve Hatley, who was a uh, I mean, legendary midday guy at 1500 KSTP. He was there when I started. Steve Hatley taught me so much about radio; I can't even tell you. Mm. I mean, he he took me under his wing, and it was just like holy Christ! I learned so much. I got very lucky there, but Steve had his season tickets were right behind home plate, which means he was you know he was in th- on the third deck though. Do you remember that old the three deck system right there behind the plate at the old Met? So I never saw a game at the old Met. Oh, but God, I, that's Judd did.
2: You, you can ask Judd tomorrow, but I never. That's one of my I missed it by, I don't know, a half a generation. But everyone, everyone, I mean, does, do you know Stu Thornley at all? The I know the name. He's, yeah. a twi- he's been the longtime Twins. And, and if, yep. you, if, you ever, if you're ever watching a Timberwolves game, he's the scorekeeper for the Wolves game. Uh, he's got, he's a, a gray hair mustache guy sitting center court when you're watching. Um, I believe the famous story is he once climbed the foul pole during a, ga- a Twins game <laughs> back in like the early to mid-70s and got arrested. Oh so, yeah, that'll do it. <laughs> Crazy things happen at that stadium, from what I'm told.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm telling you, honestly, Scott, the great thing about that, if you ever played football and knew anything about football, you're sitting right behind the plate in the third deck. The view of the field was amazing. You could see things, like you could see the routes that Sammy White, back then, was <laughs> their top receiver, the routes that he was running, and you could tell when he made little changes where he was going to go. Of course, down on the field level, they didn't know this, but you could watch him outsmart people because you were so high up. It was like watching it, you know, from a blimp or something. That guy, my God, what a talent he was. Sammy White, you remember him? Oh, Sammy White, uh, Amad Rashad, your guy, oh, no. uh,
2: Chuck Foreman. They also had, and I wasn't, some of these guys I, I'm not fully familiar with until I started hammering YouTube videos yesterday, but like, uh, Brett uh, Brett McClanahan was the fullback for a few years yep. in front of Chuck Foreman, and in this game again, it was, I just picked out a random playoff game. Uh, Foreman and McClanahan both ran for over a hundred yards in this game. Vince Scully was the play-by-play guy oh, for CBS God. for this game. Oh, wonderful, Vince Scully just calling a I random NFL playoff game.
1: Absolutely mm. loved Vince Scully back in the day. The other thing too about uh, about Bud Grant,
2: you know, and this this hits more for. I would say my generation and younger, if you, if you didn't get to experience the full seventies purple people leaders experience, right. They're playing the Seahawks in that playoff game when they, so they spent two years outdoors between the Metrodome and when they were building us bank stadium and they played at the Gophers, the TCF bank stadium at the time. And uh, they hosted the Seahawks. And I think it was the third or fourth coldest playoff game in NFL history. It was like minus 27 wind chill. You know, Saturday or Sunday afternoon, whatever, whatever day of the week it was, middle of January, and uh, the initial plan. So Bud Grant, at the time I think was 88 years old. This is six, seven, eight years ago, and the plan was for him to go out in a jacket, and then once yep. he, he was going to be out there for the ceremonial <laughs> coin toss, right? He was going to then take his jacket off at midfield, and uh, he told, uh, I think he told Bob Bob Hagan, who just retired as yep. a long time head of PR for the Vikings. I think it was Bob who he was standing by on the sidelines, and he told basically told Bob, "Screw it." Took his jacket off as they walked out of the tunnel, and that's the famous. He's walking out in a polo shirt. He's almost ninety years old, and he's trudging his way to midfield. (laughs) And I think I think what he had always said for for decades and decades was, "You can survive anything for ten minutes." Yeah. And for him to go out there and show the Seahawks, show the current Vikings, show you know young fans at the time like me and sort of the, the millennial Gen Z fans, his ability to, to, to persist and stay relevant and the garage sales that he would do, right? Just
1: what a, what a unique representative of, of this state. Mm. No doubt about it. We were so lucky, and I'm so so happy you mentioned the old Met because right, shoulder to shoulder, in my view, was the old uh, Gopher Stadium back in the old days. Uh, magnificent. And one of the greatest parts of that old stadium was Julie Perlt was the stadium announcer. Do you remember Julie Perlt at all, Phil? If she, unless she did something at the Metrodome, no. No, Julie Perlt was the uh, Gophers stadium announcer for years. Whether I think he did the basketball in-house announcing as well, if I remember. Okay, But Julie... He just let it all hang. Parted his hair down the middle, which I thought was kind of cool, like nineteen (laughs) twenty style down the middle. But I'm at a a gopher football game, and it was just, you know, it was chilly, it was outdoors, and it just, it's kind of kitty-corner from where the stadium is now. That's where it was. but We're sitting there, and for some reason, both teams stayed in the huddle about a minute longer, a minute and a half longer than they normally would, and Julie thought, he probably better tell people why they're still in the huddle. So over this huge speaker system, the teams are in the huddle on each side of the ball. And Julie goes, there's a squirrel on the field. Oh. <laughs> Thanks. Like, okay. They Thanks. don't want to kill the squirrel by running over it. <laughs> now, it, Phil, I will tell you, honest to God. Going through my life, being a Minnesota sports fan, the venues that we had—whether it was the Met Center, the old Met Metropolitan Stadium—and uh, then all the way through from the University of Minnesota, Saint Thomas is a great stadium. There's so many great venues in this uh, this town. It's yeah. amazing, isn't it? Well, we've paid enough
2: money for for some of these, right? I mean, oh yeah. <laughs> now Saint Thomas is Saint Thomas. Aren't they about to fund their own upgrades? I think I at some so, yeah. point here. Um, my, I, I love, I love when the when the PA announcers go off script like that. Though the best yep. one was the <laughs> early two thousands when the the Twins had come back from the contraction talks, right? And and it's like to like the two thousand one Twins team. No one had ever ever heard of any of these players like right? Doug Minkevich. Who the hell is this guy? Tori oh, Hunter God. and AJ Przinsky, and so a, a bunch of younger fans who didn't live through the eighty seven ninety one run are showing up drunk on a Wednesday for college night, and it's, you know, dollar hot dog night, and uh, the Yankees are in town, and Chuck Knobloch is playing left field. They had to move Chuck Knobloch from second base to left field because he got the yips. So they Ooh. just they just try to hide him out in left field. And fans start throwing hot dogs and batteries at him, right? <laughs> oh, no. You guys remember this? And so Bob Casey, you know, Bob Casey, you know Kirby Puckett, if people remember the legendary Bob Casey. Sure. And Bob Casey had to, so Tom Kelly walked out to left field, put his arm around Noblock in a Yankees uniform, and he was like waving at the fans. Hey, we still like him. It's okay. And uh, Bob Casey gets gets on the intercom on the PA system and says, this is a championship game. Now quit this. It was scolding, he was scolding the fans. Yes. <laughs> and now quit that stuff. The Twins are going to have to forfeit the game. Now quit this. Chuck Knobloch. F- nah, <laughs> you remember the Scott. way he would, he would call some of those names? Sure, sure.
1: Absolutely. Oh, one of man. my favorite For names a while, it I was
2: Knobloch nah, and it was Herbeck and it was Puckett. And then, poor guy, like 1995, 96 rolled around and it's all these idiots. You know, it's like Rich Becker and Pat Mears and Scott Stahoviak. But that was a legendary Nowhere moment. Oh, Christ, you yeah. got to get out of 35, don't you? Yeah, today is the first day of the legal tampering period in NFL free agency. So starting in like an hour and a half, NFL teams, including the Vikings, can can, can talk with agents. They can talk with free agents, and uh, they can come to terms on contracts, and then they can sign them later this week. So you're going to see uh, more Vikings moves here in the next probably, well, maybe even the next three hours, but for
1: sure the next two or three days. So we'll keep you guys posted. We'll talk to you again later on this week. Very, just on the way out very quickly, get you out about 15 seconds later. When they first put in the Skyway system in downtown Minneapolis, I don't know how many years ago that was, but Bob, I'd be walking through the Skyway system. And I don't care if he was three blocks away, somehow he could see me because all of a sudden I'd hear him go, Bernard! <laughs> I was like, Jesus. Okay. Bob Casey? Bob Casey did, yeah. Oh, I love man. Bob Casey. Great guy. Wonderful guy. <laughs> All right, Bernard, man, get, now
8: quit this Not nah, Bernard, <laughs> cut that out Bernard
1: <laughs> Alright, Pally, we will talk to you later in a week Alright, see you guys Phil Mackey, ladies and gentlemen Sponsored by Brad and Bryant, personal injury lawyers Brad Sean Bryant, personal injury lawyers Seeking justice for the injured Contact Bradshaw Sean Bryant at minnesotapersonalinjury.com Personal Injury.com. Hell of a lineup I would think on this show. Do you like the lineup, or should we change it?
4: Uh, I think we're good, but we got to add it's- some more people. I though I know that for sure.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, there's not enough people on the show. There's no question about that.
4: I know, but I do like like I love how we had uh, Brad Blanks, and I love Phil Mackey. His excitement for sports. Phil's is pretty great fun. Guy. He's a, such yep. a nerd in the best way.
1: But I don't know what you're talking about. We only had, you know, Bob Sansevier, we had Kristen Burt, we got uh, Phil Mackey, we got Chris Eggert, we got... Well, I will tell you one thing that, that I have run into, uh, comments from people, because every single one of the people that I wanted to come along, uh, including advertisers, came along, and that's... That's a hell of an honor, I'll tell you that, when all those people, I mean, I'm talking about 25 different people came along, whether they were were on the show, or they were advertisers, they were whatever, you know, salespeople. Uh, That's quite an honor to have you all come over like that. There's no doubt about it. I tried to keep Brittany over at the queue, but she wouldn't stay.
4: (laughs) I just kept quitting. (laughs) So now I got stuck with
1: you over here. I was hoping to leave you behind, but it didn't work.
4: I know, I'm quick. slid under the I'm gate.
1: Quick. Oh, are you quick? I slid what you right under
4: the gate, like one of those last where they're closing something, and I slid under and I said, Bring me with.
1: I'm quick. Really? Yep. Uh, coming up this Friday is St. Patty's Day. You guys, uh, you guys celebrate St. Patty's Day?
4: Yeah, of course. We're gonna. Uh, I'll be on my talk that night, and then we're celebrating my brother's birthday. His is on Saturdays, but I love our family's Irish is all heck, so we'll have fun.
1: Yeah, well, that's why I was asking that whole deal, Rudy. What do you got for for uh, St. Patty's Day you celebrations?
5: Oh yeah, I celebrate every year for sure. Uh, been doing it for a long time. I, I'm not one of those uh, assholes who goes out and drinks the green beer. I hate those people. No. It's gross. Right. It's disgusting. Uh, why? would <laughs> Would you do that to yourself? But, uh, yeah, no, I enjoy it, man. I um, I used to never be that guy that would wear green on Th- St. Paddy's Day because I thought it was mm-hmm. kind of dumb. But, I don't know, for some reason over the last couple of years, I've started to embrace the shamrock socks and a green sure. shirt. Because so. you got
4: a kid. you got to lean into that fun stuff.
6: Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Leaning into the fun, ladies and gentlemen. I still, like I said, my favorite story. My brother, Troy. Who I miss dearly died. What, what was that? Now two years ago, three years ago. Brittany.
4: Yeah, I did. That, yeah, that's wild.
1: Died way too young. Troy was a great guy, no question about it. But he was a bartender. I brought this up last week, but I'll say it again because St. Patrick's Day is this week. Bartender goes into the men's room, stands in the urinal next to a guy, and the guy's all excited, just jacked up. his, oh my God, this is fun. St. Patrick's Day is making oh my God. He goes oh, really? Why are you so excited? He goes, Well, I, I just got out of jail this afternoon. <laughs> <laughs>
6: <laughs> uh, yes, First live it up goes,
1: Go get hammered on the day you get out of jail What a great idea mm-hmm. <laughs> Buddy, you got it on St. Patrick's Day So that's cool Believe it or not, celebrating St. Patrick's Day with parades Didn't originate in Ireland But instead started and became popular in North American colonies Centuries ago What began as a Catholic feast day And gained more recognition with these colonial celebrations Is today, one of America's biggest col- I did not know it was one of America's biggest cultural holidays Did you know that?
4: Maybe because it's like an easy celebration. There's no gifts, you can just kind of show up and hang out.
1: True, very good point. You don't have to gift anybody. That's very good point. Um, yeah, it uh, when uh, it began as a the Catholic feast, day it gained more recognition. more than thirty one million people in the us. claim uh, Irish ancestry. You know I think it's true though. I'm I'm not certain about this because it. You guys ever do your 23 and Me or any of that stuff?
4: No, I'm scared it's going to say like we identify as Irish, my whole family, and I'm I'm really scared it's going to be like you have zero percent
6: Irish.
5: Zero <laughs> percent <0% laughs> Irish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now I did what I found a sister and uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I'm living in Colorado. Yeah. So what your heritage is what? Well, it's funny because I was actually up for the, uh, the Serbian of the Year Award. Oh, see. And then they made you take a 23 and me, and it came back, <laughs> I have 0.8% Serbian in me. So I'm so i so sorry for your loss. I lost out on Serbian of the Year. Aww. So, but Damn uh, it. I did find out that I'm a lot, uh, a lot of Norwegian and a lot of Sweden in me. That makes sense.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, Povic, is, that, is, is that a Serbian name, your last
5: name? Pavic is, but my original last name was Johnson. What? Yeah. I legally oh, they- changed I legally changed my name before my daughter was born. Hmm. Oh,
1: you literally did that on purpose?
5: Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I was. That's why last week I made a joke about people who are lame with the name Nate Johnson. That was my original birth name. Really? Nate, Nate Johnson. Yeah, I didn't know that. Really? I
4: didn't know that either.
5: Yep, Nate Johnson. And then my grandfather was uh, John Rudolph Povich. so I legally changed my name to Nathan Rudolph Povich. and because everybody's just called me Rudy ever since he passed away. Back, oh, okay. What was it? Twenty-five years ago. Next week, I think it is twenty-five years. So yeah. Jesus. So they've been calling me that for for you know twenty some years now. So I just adopted the name because i didn't want my daughter to have my dad's last name Mm. because my grandfather was the one who raised me yeah so that's why i decided to to change it legally but yeah nate johnson yeah the the dumbest lamest name you could possibly i mean you might as well have just called me chad smith i don't know if there's another
4: nate johnson yeah could i see you as a nate hey nate nope nah it's tough yeah yeah doesn't hit doesn't
5: hit no Hmm.
1: I got to guarantee you, too, that at least when you're a teenager and you're, you're early to mid-20s, you have a daughter with the name of John. Oh, look, that's a little Johnson. I guarantee you they're going work on that one. Yeah. Sure. It's like, yep. yeah, whatever. Settle mm-hmm. down. Uh, as this lucky group of people expanded over the century, so, too, did American St. Patty's Day uh, traditions. Chicago, for instance, gained fame for dying. It's River Green. I saw they did it yes- uh, yesterday the day before. Maybe Saturday. Did they do it Saturday? Saturday I some morning. video of it. Yeah, Saturday, Saturday morning. morning. There yep. you go. Mm-hmm. I love Chicago. It's one of my favorite cities in the entire... Like, I worked there forever. I just love that town, man. Is it still safe to go down Michigan Avenue?
5: I was just there three weeks ago and had the time of my life.
1: I love Chicago. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love it. The people are great. Um, yeah, gained uh, fame for dying its River Green, while other places are now known for their elaborate pageants, pub crawls, or long processions of marching bagpipers. This year, Americans are projected to spend—how much do you think they're going to spend, unless you've seen this story? How much are we going to spend in America on St. Patty's Day this Friday?
4: Oh, God, I want to say—okay,
5: f- $5 million?
1: $5 million, okay. 5000000 dollars 5000000 okay you are talking Nate? about—
5: you <laughs> Nate, Nate Johnson, you mean MJ? per person? I would say probably per person's around 140.
1: Okay, and then Americans projected to spend how much
5: on the holiday? Uh, as Americans, ooh, I bet it's got to be like around like 100 million dollars. 6.85 billion. Oh, we, were way, we were
4: way off.
1: Wow. I, like, I would have.
4: What, what? Yeah. Oh my God.
1: I would have never guessed it was almost seven billion on one day what you drink man we're gar-
4: <laughs> we're garbage guessers i was literally like really are. is it like uh, what what are we talking about like food drink and like what all do you buy on st patrick's day
1: apparently a lot of it's bail
4: Okay, yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I'm just...
1: Roundup. <laughs> that's not true. That's funny. Not every city that celebrates St. Patrick's Day is worth kissing the Irish for. Wallet Hub compared 200 of the largest cities across 15 key metrics to find the best places to wear green and save some, too. Do you think St. Minneapolis-St. Paul, particularly St. Paul, it makes it in the top 20, let's say? Oh, yeah. You do? Okay. I do. Because I would think so, too. hmm I haven't seen the list yet. Our data ranges from Irish pubs and restaurants per capita, to the lowest price for a three-star hotel on St. Patrick's Day, to the weather forecast. Okay, so let me scroll down now to be the most popular places. Um, okay, we can. I'm looking through the top twenty, and I do not see. Oh, Minneapolis is not popular St. Patrick's Day at all. Yep. Saint Paul, Minnesota, is number thirty.
5: I don't buy because I, I, I looked at that list. I don't buy that one bit.
1: Uh, Minneapolis is twenty fourth. You know, I agree with you. I don't see if you put those two together, yeah. St. Paul and Minneapolis, which is one metro area, I bet you'd be in the top. They'd definitely be in the top twenty, maybe even the top ten.
4: You have to put those together. I mean, yeah, I agree. You, nobody's walking a straight line anyway. So why are we acknowledging the boundaries <laughs> of cities?
1: Well, <laughs> that's true. So here are your top thirty. St. Paul, Minnesota is number thirty you got Colorado Springs, Denver, Colorado, Fort Collins, Colorado, Las Vegas. Las Vegas is only 26th, really? That surprises me. Hmm. Vancouver, Washington, 25th. Minneapolis, Minnesota, 24th. Then Omaha, Nebraska, Des Moines, Overland Park, Kansas. We go to the top 20 now with Milwaukee, Wisconsin, Dayton, Ohio, Orange, California, Cedar Rapids, Iowa, Syracuse, Tampa, Florida, San Francisco, Fresno, Worcester, Mass., you think people still say Worcester? Yeah. It's Worcester. Mm-hmm.
4: I, but I, I would say Worcester because I'm an idiot. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, now you have to be that hard on yourself. <laughs> you could have said kind of an idiot. Mm. <laughs> she goes, mm. <laughs> uh, Your top 10 Boise, I- Boise, Idaho for St. Patty's See? Day? Yeah. Right.
4: This list is yep.
1: stupid. I think you're right. They're making this up as they go along. Buffalo, New York. Naperville, Illinois. No, Buffalo does have a huge Irish population, so I'm sure that one's real. Naperville, Illinois, Santa Rosa, California, Reno, Nevada. Your top five, New York, New York, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Chicago, Illinois, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. The number one will not surprise you in the least. What is the number one city in America for St. Patrick's Day? Brent?
4: Oh, I'm trying to think. You want some hints? Yeah, of course.
1: A lot of crabby Catholics.
4: Boston.
5: You got it. Very good. (laughs) Thank you. Very. See, I love Boston. You ever spend any time in Boston?
4: No, I've never even been.
5: Yeah. Used to drive down there when I lived in uh, Manchester. It was the only fun thing to do. Mm -hmm.
1: Oh, my God. Boston is so much fun. Did you go to the North End?
5: Yeah, I spent a little bit of time in Lowell, got chased out of Lowell, Massachusetts. Uh, So yeah, no, I know a little bit of the north end of uh, Boston, sure. mm -hmm.
1: I love the north end because you misbehave on the north end, you'll never be coming back, I can promise you that.
4: (laughs) Yeah, know, they
1: don't put up with any bad behavior in the North End.
4: Tom, some of that list, like Milwaukee, they don't even know it's St. Patrick's Day. They're just on the list, period. That's uh,
5: just their yeah. normal amount of drinking they do. So well,
1: That's true. Yeah. Nothing changes, in other words, is what you're
6: saying. <laughs> yeah, I think
5: there's, there's a Lewis Black line where he goes, how do you know it's St. Patrick's Day? Well, that's the day we drink with hats on. <laughs> <laughs> I love that's him, funny. by the way.
1: He had not been on in a while. We've got to get him on because he is a terrific guest. Just yeah, a great guy. funny. We have to take a break here. My mistake. That's all right. We get up by 48. We're pretty good. We'll be right back in just a couple of minutes. Wrap up Tom Bernard
3: show here. Now that Tommy B has entered the 21st century. Tom has always said digital is the future. The guy's been podcasting for almost 11 years. Tom, Brittany, and Rudy want you to listen to the new show every morning. So here's how to do that. You got here. Maybe you're listening to the Tom Bernard stream now. Wow, there's gotta be a better way to say that. Now that you're here, you can listen to us every morning from six to 10, but the easiest way to listen is to download the Tom Bernard Show app. It's this easy. Go to your app store, search Tom Bernard Show, download it, open it, push play. That's it. And through March 20th, you can get entered to win $1,000 on the app just by opening the app each day. It's that easy. The Tom Bernard Show app. It's free and it's in your app store. The Tom Bernard Show app. Download it now.
0: Do you ever Google yourself? Are you happy with what you find? Or is it cringy? Are you a business owner or on your company's marketing team? How do you feel when you Google your own place? What do you see? A non-updated social media page you don't even remember making? ads for your competitors? An old school website with outdated information? Hubbard Interactive can help. They can do it all for your business. They're a Google Premier Partner, so they can use search engine optimization to get your click results higher. They can build a 21st century website for you that communicates all the right things, all the best ways. They've got a photo and video department to make your business look sharp, plus social media, influencer marketing, podcasting, and more. All the things that will make you a lot happier next time you Google yourself. Here's a Google search that you'll find rewarding Hubbard Interactive. You can see all the marketing tools they've used on hundreds of successful businesses, including an extensive gallery of the great work they could help your venture with. Hubbardinteractive.com Building campaigns that connect.
13: The world is always on, but you shouldn't be. Put junk sleep to bed. Mattress Firm's Big Spring Sale: Get a king bed for the price of a queen and save up to seven hundred dollars on Sealy. Shop now at Mattress Firm. Restrictions apply. See store or mattressfirm.com for details.
3: This is the Tom Bernard Morning Show podcast.
1: We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Rudy, safety be out by like what? Fifty-seven? Is that about the time you want to be out? Sure, we can do that In if you 9 want. Nine o'clock? Yeah. Well, no, I mean, is
5: that what time they want us out? I think. I think typically they want us to get it to the top of the hour, but uh, if you're more oh, comfortable, okay. if you're comfortable, you can do whatever. You, this is the Tom Bernard show.
1: Now we'll get it to the top of the okay. hour. I'm just trying to, try to follow the rules because sure. sometimes, you know, you never know what the hell. To, when that used to be a stop set, you had to be out by like 55, so when we changed it, I just wanted to check, but yeah, we can go to the top of the hour. It works for me. Right? right.
5: Yeah. Uh, when this show started, I had asked, where do we put the legal ID? And then realized we don't have any of those. No, we don't have that anymore. That's right. <laughs> we That's don't need that. <laughs> yep.
1: Yeah, it's a whole different setup, isn't it? Pretty amazing. Um, uh, there's a picture just popped up. Biden tries to shore up confidence in bank system because yet another bank is about to fail. Uh, I did see, and I'm a huge Twins fan, so this is going to be kind of interesting, but there's the MLB network, so I'm good. But Bally apparently has got some major, major... Uh, finance problems. You guys know anything about that?
4: Yeah, so they, tell us what they do. They, uh, they used to charge us a lot for working out, and now they, they're the ones in charge of distributing Twids games, right?
1: Well, they were, yeah, but now I don't know if that, what's going to happen. I think MLB is going to send a lot of our markets free programming. To bring them in because apparently Bally is—I don't know—I I wish I could. There's not really a definitive story on it, uh-huh. so I don't really want to spew a bunch of stuff. And I don't know what the hell I'm talking because I don't really know. But it looks to me like they're about 110 million in debt. Is that was that about accurate? You guys know?
5: I have no idea. Well, there's a story I'm seeing right now that says MLB will stream games for free with right. areas that have failed. Uh, so i I'm, i imagine it, it, it must be in this area because. For whatever reason, they are in our backyard, and it is damn near impossible to, f- to watch a Twins game. And I, here's the thing. I'm a Brewers fan. I have an easier time watching the Milwaukee Brewers <laughs> than the Minnesota Twins, and the Twins live, th- they play a game four miles from my house. Why? How is that possible?
1: I don't, that's exactly the problem. So what do you guys think? Do You think the economy, I mean, is it scaring you as much as it's scaring uh, me?
5: Uh, I don't know. I feel like you might have a little bit more stake in the game than Brittany and I. We, <laughs> yeah. we, ain't, got, we ain't got a lot. Man. We ain't got a lot in the system, so I feel like whatever we lose is totally fine. But I don't know. I'm, I feel like everything—it's it, all cyclical, and it sucks right now, but it'll get better again, and then it'll get worse, and then it'll get better again. And I don't know. That's why when Trump went in, everyone's like, "We're all gonna die." I'm like, "We're gonna be fine. <laughs> we're, we're gonna get on the backside of this, and everybody'll be okay."
1: Why does anybody think that any president is different than any other president? To me, they're all the exact same person, more mm-hmm. me now.
4: I mean, you have to be very a very specific type of narcissist to make it to that level.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that one hundred percent. I don't know. There have been I mean yeah. I think it's kind of tough when you look back and you have to go as far back as Jimmy Carter to find a guy with a decent personality. That's that's kind of a problem, isn't it?
4: Can I ask something, Tom? Okay. Yes. If you were to give somebody money advice, somebody maybe in their 30s or early 40s, what would that be?
1: Don't ever let anybody else see it because you'll never see it again. (laughs) People and money are disgusting. I mean, what? well, look at at this... uh, the silicon valley bank that just failed mm-hmm. why because they misused every every saver's the people who put their money in that bank to save they missed all misused all of their all of their money and look what happened i mean it's not your money it's in your bank but yeah. it's not your money you can't just piss it off i know you that's what banks do you deposit it they take that money and they invest in other areas and that's how they make their money off of your insurance and making money with your money yeah right But making money with your money is not enough. It seems like most of them have to abuse the piss out of it. Why? I mean, you you got a free road to make millions and billions of dollars, but that's not good enough, apparently. Right?
4: No, Mm -hmm. they're like, how can we expand this model? And it's like, the model's fine. I mean, the model is not... It is. It's not benefiting us, but the model was fine.
1: I will tell you, honest God, Mike Bilsky and I became really, really good friends because he became my banker, and he is brilliant. He... Well, you know Bilski. Oh, uh, yeah. Britain, you know Bilski really well. He's just a very honest, great guy. That's my kind of banker, an honest banker. I know they're hard to find, but <laughs> no, there are lots of them out there. But I just, I, these big banks failing, uh, it's just why we allow that to happen. Why the government doesn't, because st- they would do it to an individual, by the way, if they found out you were using somebody else's money to make money, which, again, that's the bank's job. I know that's what they do. But you think they let individuals do what big banks do? There is no way.
4: No, I mean even the concept of all you know the, the the it takes two or three days to get certain amounts of money out. If like I like borrowed an umbrella from Rudy and he's like, can I have my umbrella back? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. In three to four business days, I will
6: get this umbrella. Like, <laughs> no,
4: nothing flies like the way that banking flies. But yeah, I was just hoping you'd tell me more like, hey, invest in this, and I'd go, okay but I guess. Well,
1: invest in yourself. <laughs> Nobody
4: has thing. said that to me ever. They're like, that is a faulty in- investment. You should invest in somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> no, what? I,
5: I did hear a guy on a podcast one time. He was like some dude who owned like, a, I don't know what it was, some company. And somebody asked the same question. What should I do with my money? And he goes, cash in your 401ks, invest in yourself, start that business. And I'm like, no, that is an awful, <laughs> you should never do that. The people I know could never, they cashed in their 401Ks and all be gone in like three years. Don't do that. What are Ugh, you,
4: insane? That's like terrifying. I need a yin to my yang and my Justin is the yin to my yang. Like, I don't, eat. like, I literally, there's like things that I do and things that he does. And one thing I just like, are we good? Yep, we're good. Okay, cool. Like, that's where we're at
6: financially.
4: It's like, I am terrible with money like i'll just spend it i don't even think about it so
1: well that's what it's for is to spend right
4: i guess but like it's probably good to keep an eye on some of it
1: (laughs) by the way i i heard rudy cringing when you said that yeah a little bit he (laughs) knows what i'm talking about but you you still don't know what i'm talking about do you brit brit what did i say that's it's yin. Oh yeah, not yin,
4: yin dear, dear yang. But isn't you Cat- are
1: a yin yang. I am but a that's yin yang.
4: Isn't Catherine like that for you? She's the. Uh, she's in charge of your guys' finances, or.
1: She is now because, Catherine and I, over the years, have given away about half our money, which we think is a great. If you're fortunate enough to do it, you need to help other people with your money, and most people won't do that. Um, it's really unfortunate, but. Uh, but she had to kind of take because. I get a little cocky with it all, so it's like, Tom, would you back the F <laughs> off? What are you doing? Yeah,
4: you and I just should have, like, a certain balance we see. That's it. And then, like, that's <laughs> oh, why yes. we have Catherine's and Justin's in the world. I love it.
1: it. Well, you're 100% right. So, I'm telling you, man, this show does fly by every single day. And, uh, God, this is start of week four already. I can't believe we're in week four already. Isn't that amazing? Holy buckets. I mean, I've been fired from every job I've ever had. I haven't been fired yet after four weeks. That's weird. There's still time. That's true. Got four more days left to give me the hook. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Tune in tomorrow. We'll be here at 7 o'clock in the Tom Bernard Show.